hey, Christian here. I need to put this out there that this one might be a harder listen. I'm not a sound guy, so as far as recording and editing, I try to do my best. But you might have to change your volume a couple times here or there. But other than that, it's jam-packed with our hearts, jam-packed with information. Um, I thank you for tuning in. I just hope that you kind of suffer through it with us. I try my best. But other than that, um, let's get right back to the episode. <laughs> Welcome back to uh to the safe safe. Yep. Okay, it's yep, 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 yep. Here we are. Welcome back to um to the podcast, Safe Space. Uh where this is a safe space. Uh I think I'm gonna stick with that as a name. It it just feels it feels right. Um today we have my boy Clayton here. He's another part of the he's another part of the boys. Uh, these are the boys, you know, just hang with you. We're doing life together with, and it's it's been great to know him. And I'd want to give him space and time today to, you know, I want, I want to give him his space to introduce himself to you all. And then you all can see the way that I am and the people that I have around me. That's what this, that, that's what we're doing here. I think that's that's the way I'm going. So welcome to the safe space. And today we have Clayton. And Clayton, you know what? Go ahead and speak to the people. Hello, hello people. Hello, Earth. Everybody, bro. So I didn't watch his last fight, but I seen the highlights from it, and the comments were all like, "Oh, he could finally say that he beat him." <laughs> it was like his last time. <sighs> I mean, should have kept your chin down. <sighs> but, we'll but yeah, it's you know, Clayton. Here you go. Uh, yeah, just you know, a general overview, just a. Mm-hmm. Sentence or two, who knows how far, how long can go. Just, you know, tell them about who you are, um, what you do, yeah. whatever you feel is necessary, really. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to, we're not talking to the youth right now. You don't oh, have to, like, go ahead, just do your thing. Well, uh, my name is Clayton. Uh, I'm a faithful believer in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And, uh, shoot, I think. What's going on in life right now? A lot going on. That's a good one. I think that's a good that's a good starting yeah. space. What's yeah. going on in life right now? Shoot, right now. School. Going to school right now. Mm. Right now I'm dealing with um moving and stuff in the midst of transition into another stage in life, but it's not bad by any means, but definitely different. And it has had its fair share of curveballs, but again, I feel like it's work out for me. Mm. So, you know. I'm gonna have that and stuff too as well. A little bit of my faith. I'm okay with that. Imagine moving into another stage of life and it looks exactly like the last one. Yeah. Did you move? Did you really move? Or you just change locations? That's ba- exactly. Damn. And that's the thing and stuff too. That's in that stage that I'm thinking right now is like, is this really transformation or is this just it's a, transition. a transition? You're just transitioning or you're transforming. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's, it's different, you know? Mm-hmm. Are you growing or are you just moving? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. All right. So you're in a you're in a season of transformation mm-hmm. from from one to another. Yes. Now, of course, privately we can get vulnerable, honest with each other, and I I understand for the sake of you know the podcast and whoever may be listening, um, how far you may take it. But what does that look like as like an everyday thing for you? First of all, right now it's like you're dying to desire. Oh, uh, okay. Because I'm in a time now and stuff too, like where I want to be in life. Mm-hmm right now is truthfully not really where i am right now mm-hmm. and that's okay and it's because it's that self-desire aspect of me is like i want to be here here and here but god's like well you don't have the capacity for this this and this mm-hmm. why would i put you here here and here 
So why would I trust you with that and you're not ready? And you're for not it? ready for it. Exactly. He, like why? Why would I give you the tools to kill yourself? Exactly. When you don't know how to, use, I'm gonna give you this gun without telling you gun safety. Yes, it, it's mm. exactly because the thing is like this is one of those things that's something I want to look back at. And I thought about this on the way here too as well. This is one of those things I want to look back at and stuff too and compare like where I was at this current moment and where I am in, in that moment later on. Okay. Thinking like how far has God really taken me from this point in life where it is definitely a tough time mm-hmm. to a time that will hopefully at that point be better or at least more sustainable. Stuff too than, than I am in, in this current in this current moment, which I know that's like that sounds very dark and very like. But life is not bad by any means. It is definitely just again, like I said, one of those transition periods where things are tough and things are challenging. Mm-hmm. But again, things like that are going to happen whenever there that's is life. change, and that's life. Yeah, I mean, you can't like just look at it from a from a pessimistic point of view and stuff. Too, you have to look at it from a realist. I'm more optimistic in my way of thinking a lot of mm-hmm. times. But there's that point where like you have to be real with yourself. It's like no, there's time for transformation right now, and you're seeing those things. You're like, yes, it's fine. This is your space for growth, and and so this this analogy was on my on my mind ever since I I don't know where it just slipped out with the gun, and it's like I'm gonna give you this gun without giving you gun safety, mm-hmm. and it was like this gun, you can use it to protect yourself, mm-hmm. but if you don't know how to use it, you are gonna kill yourself. Ooh, exactly, you're gonna get, you're gonna hurt yourself, or you're gonna hurt somebody else. You gonna you are going to hurt other people mm-hmm. because something that you asked for me to give to you, you weren't ready for. Yes. So going through a season of learning how to use this mm-hmm. so that way when I do give it to you, you don't hurt nobody else. Yep. Uh, that was just on my, that was just playing heavy on my mind. Mm-hmm. I was just like, dang, that was crazy. Even though I feel like I heard it before in a different scenario, but I, it's that just, that one was unique to me. Yes. All right. But, um, I heard you say that quick, it slipped my mind. Um, uh, You were talking about your desires Mm -hmm. and and losing, I mean, dying to your desires and being somewhere where, honestly, you don't want to be at or where you didn't have planned for yourself to be at, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's an everyday thing, especially for those who choose to follow Christ. It's like, okay, this was my plans. But because I chose to follow him, I now have to take my plans and throw them away, yes. right? And I, I take that back. Not even like throw them away, but I have to put them to the side because yes. obviously what he wants mm-hmm. is greater than my wants. Mm-hmm. So being you in this season where you're identifying the fact that, okay, this is what I wanted and it may not be as much as what he wanted. And I'm going to put this to the side, right? Yeah. And I'm going to choose what he wants over what I want. And I had this going somewhere, bro. I don't know why why my (laughs) thoughts are just slipping. Um, But like I said, you taking your desires, putting them to the side and realizing, okay, God, it's what you want. If that's not what you want, then show me where you want to be, where you want me to be, right? But it's in the midst of like sitting there and being like, minds are to the side, God. Mm -hmm. Show me what you want. And him being like, "Mm, when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, well, okay, then. What am I supposed to do? You know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> Why? I think this is where in those times it's like to patience is probably the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Because like to go a little more in depth with it right now and stuff too. It's not that school is the issue. It is living arrangements that are the issue right now. Mm-hmm. Because again, I have everything set up to move. I have everything 
ready to go. Mm-hmm. The problem is finding that place to go. Mm-hmm. I'm moving to one of the most densely populated cities in Florida, in Orlando. Yeah. So, yeah, things are expensive, and there are a lot of people trying to trying to move in, especially you know like this the school I'm going to, University mm-hmm. of Central Florida. I mean, there's a lot of people. Just that school alone, bro. Yeah, I mean, this is the biggest. There's over seventy thousand students at mm. this school. Maybe not in person, of course, because that'd be insane. But dude, the school itself is huge and it is big, and everything around. There's so many places around it that people live in, and it's beyond belief. And yeah, yeah go ahead. It's yeah. just a very highly, like, highly. Tra- I'm trying to think of a word for it. It's a densely trafficked area. Yeah. There's a lot of people coming in and out. A lot of people trying to move there and stuff too and live there and try to get their life started as well. So I understand it. Because I'm literally doing the same thing that they are trying to do. You're not the only one. Exactly. But it's just been one of those stages right now that like this was the time I was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um I was supposed to start, you know, this this semester there. And things didn't work out with that. And truthfully, that was a work of God. Mm. And that was a very big learning season for me personally. And God had told me that it was not the right time. And that was wonderful because I had learned that it was not the right time. And trust me, I went through that stage. But that's where this next transition point comes into is I feel as if I'm ready. Mm-hmm. Spiritually now, especially. Okay. I'm more spiritually equipped to go. But the main issue right now is where God has me here in Jacksonville and what does God want to do with me while you're still here while I'm still here okay so you you say you're in um of course this I feel like this is the mantra for every Christian believer I mean Christian follower every believer that is a Christian I feel like this is Mm -hmm. this is what we stand by as a fact it's so frequent at least when I when I talk to uh our people um in a season of waiting Mm -hmm. It's like, oh yeah, I'm in a I'm in a season of waiting here, or I did this and I'm waiting for God. But I'm in a season of waiting. You're mm-hmm. in a season of waiting. I know a couple people just out here waiting, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like that's the beautiful thing about God is, and He'll do it when He wants to. He's sovereign. Mm-hmm. He'll do it when He wants to and if He wants to. Yes. And if He don't, suck it up, move on. And I think one of those things I've been I've been praying about too as well is peace. And He's giving me peace whenever that is the case, because. It gets very frustrating for yourself when you realize that you're ready to go, but God is telling you not. Mm. Because that's part of that that's part of your own desire. And in realizing that, it's like, God, give me peace over this because Lord, I this is not where I want to be, but it's your will, not, not my mine. own. Let me just focus on what you have for me right now. And in that, and even in the learning that I, I was going to be here for another semester that I didn't want to be, mm-hmm. there was still peace in that. It was like, okay, all right, you know, I understand it. Good to come out of it. Mm-hmm. So, you're here for, Are you, you You say you're here for another semester, right? Yep. Okay. Semester being however long, I stopped doing school a long time ago. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you have this time where you say you feel like you're ready to go, right? Whether mm-hmm. that be physically, mentally, spiritually, all those things, you feel like you're ready to go, but God hasn't told you, tell, he hasn't given you directions to go, right? Yes. What will happen 
hypothetically speaking, I don't know your plan and what God has for your life, but what happens if God never tells you to go? Do we as Christians continue to sit in a place if God's not there? Like if you're planning to go to this school, like mm-hmm. you packing up all you finishing up all your online stuff so you can transition to, to in person, you getting all your your preparation is being prepared, right? Yes. You you're getting all the stuff packed up, you're getting the stuff ready, you're finding the places where you need to go, where you need to be there, and then God's like, nah. What happens? I think you just have to listen. I think you have to listen. And that that and that's the hardest thing I think that Christians get very frustrated with is because of like God, why and why even set me up for this? I said to initially, just for telling me not to. Mm-hmm. Well, the way I think about it and stuff too, in a lot of cases, and I think this is where people get caught up in a lot of stuff. This is relationship. This is like life decisions and stuff too as well. Is like when they're making a decision, it's always like, oh, I don't know if this is what God wants me to do. I don't know if this is what God wants me to do. I think one thing we have to remember as Christians and stuff too, if we're putting God at the front of our decision making mm-hmm. and we are giving him these things and saying, Lord, if this be your will, you will make, you will, you will lead me through it. Or Lord, if this is not what you want me to do, you will lead me out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's the stage I'm in right now. It's like if this is what God wants me to do, this is what God wants me to do. It'll be good. And if there is something else that God wants me to do, okay, wonderful. And I think in this transition that I'm in, God still has my line of work that I wanted to get into on my heart. And that's mm-hmm. part of my ministry. Um, I don't know to what extent that he wants that, of course. Mm-hmm. But I have felt as if personally this is still that that pace that he wants me to keep moving forward with what I'm doing. I I say that more so in the in the eyes of okay, I gotta make sure my boys is still has God first, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like I hear you, I want the best for you. I want what you want, honestly. Yes. If you feel like God is taking you in this direction, I want what you want, right? Mm-hmm. But what happens if God says no? I just want to make sure, even mm-hmm. though I already know, you know, I just be throwing stuff out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I just be like, let's make sure Clayton Let's let's make sure his mindset is where his mindset is. And mm-hmm. first off, as you said, we know that God's first in your life. Everything yes. comes after God. Mm-hmm. Everything is either given to us by God or is pushed away from us by mm-hmm. God. So it's like just making sure your headspace is always focused on God because yes. the Bible says seek first the kingdom mm-hmm. and everything else will follow, right? So it's the fact of, okay, God, what do you want, right? And the mm-hmm. fact of me doing what he wants, everything else will come back accordingly. And mm-hmm. that's when I – earlier I said, no, I'm going to put that to the side because – and not not giving up what you want, but putting to the side what you want, because I'm I'm a firm believer in the fact that you seek first the kingdom and what God wants. Mm-hmm. He'll give you your He'll give you what you need and what you want. Yeah. So He'll give you okay. This is what I need from you to do. You do it, and then in life here and there He'll sprinkle what you want. You know. Mm-hmm. And I, like I said, I'm a firm believer. I, I speak from experience, even yeah, the little experience that I do have. You know, it's just the the mm-hmm. fact that after full heartedly going behind God and and doing what He wants me to do. And what he needs for me to do, the wants just come. Like I don't have to fight for that stuff. It's just there. Mm-hmm. How? Beats me. Dude. But it's there, you know? And that's part of dying to yourself as well, is at one point you start to crave what God wants for you. It's it's part of craving God's love. I mean, because the thing is, like, at one point those desires that you once had, they start to wane. And you realize that, oh, shoot, okay, actually this really isn't as as glamorous as I really thought it was. It don't seem cool no more. I mean, because, dude, I mean, I mean that's, that's part of my testimony. I mean, like, that's part of living the life <laughs> that I have and living this this party boy life and realizing that everything is so empty and that mm-hmm. everything is meaningless. So, dude, meaningless, meaningless, hevel, hevel, hevel. Like, yeah, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, Oof. it's 
it's hard to realize that and it's because the thing is like that self-desire that i have for all these things is like well it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything if there's if there's no love if there's no faith if there's nothing behind it that you'll you'll forever have a hole in your heart until you find god mm -hmm. i don't care throw me at anybody throw me at whatever all those millionaires out there that kill themselves like i said i mean pray for their Money souls fix but, everything, man. bro you will forever have a hole in your heart until you find god yes. and i remember the feeling that i will have sitting in my room and i'm like okay god i am i'm 19 20 years old and i have five thousand dollars in my bank account i have the friends that i that i i enjoy hanging out with i have a a girl that i want to turn into my wife i feel like my life is going good but i still for some reason feel empty mm -hmm. i take that back because i was not saying god at that point i was just like I i'm feeling empty it's just like i have all these things that by society means i will be i will i'll be all right i'll be feeling good right not that i could buy anything that i want but for a single male at that young of an age it's just like i don't have to worry about anything right now right all my, my bills are paid up um for the little bills that i did have uh, i can go where i want to i if i want to take a trip somewhere i can go take a trip somewhere yes. I, I had like disposable um and i was i think i was working two jobs at that time Maybe I didn't have the time on my hands as much as I wanted to, but it's just the fact that if I wanted to do these things, I could do these things. Yeah, I had the friends that I could call on, not for spiritual reasonings, but I had friends that I could call on if something went down. I had a girlfriend that at the time I wanted to be my wife. So I mean, relationally, both sides of the ball, um, platonic and the other one. Um, financially, I was doing okay. And they still felt as if there was something missing. Yep. And it didn't, it took to the point where God had to strip all that away for him just to fill that hole in my heart. Right. Mm -hmm. So that heavily. I mean, that's again, same thing, dude. So yeah. it, it, I'm, I'm just like, yeah, you might be doing good. Yeah. You might be a millionaire. Um, yeah. My life might be going well, but there will forever be that hole in your heart until God gets into your life, until you let him fill that hole to let him play his role that he has to, because it's necessary for everybody's life. I don't care who you are. It's necessary for all of our lives. But um, yeah, that, that, that hole will be forever there. And I want to take it back to you in your season and where you are, just speaking about how, uh, how your obedience in the waiting, how does that feel though? Like, I know you spoke about your waiting and as a Christian, we just have to wait because that how, that's how God is. Mm -hmm. But, Rarely do I feel how we feel. I feel that we talk about the frustration that may come up in the waiting yeah. or like the uncomfortableness or the embarrassment, all the like side effects of waiting. Even though we do wait, how do we feel in waiting? So how do you feel in the midst of your waiting? In the midst of my waiting, a lot of the time there is frustration. There's a lot of hardship to go through that. But I think one thing that helps me a lot in thinking is it took David 12 years to become a king. After God had anointed him at age sixteen, dang. Seven. What it, what I'm going through, and in that time, let alone being being persecuted in that time, mm -hmm. what I am going through, it may be a battle in itself. But if God can do that to a man after His own heart and stuff too, and I'm wanting to be that same way and stuff too, I can definitely withdraw and I can definitely suffer through. What I need to. Samuel or Saul? Which one came out there? I be getting those two mixed up, even though they're like part of the same okay. story. Is it Samuel or Saul? Which one met David in the field? 
Saul, Saul was the one that was trying to kill David. Yes. So it was Samuel. Mm-hmm. Samuel went to Jesse, asking for his sons. Yes. And then found mm-hmm. David out in the field. And then he was like, uh, you are who God cho- chooses to be his next king, mm-hmm. but get back to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in due time. Yep. In you, due time. You're going to be king. Finish plowing the field. Mm-hmm. Left. And Dip I think that. there's one thing, too, as well as there's grace and waiting mm-hmm. as well. Because the thing is, like, even if you fall in that, that midst of waiting, there's still grace in that time as well that God can say, like, that's okay. As long as you repent, of course, and stuff to repent yeah, in that course. time. And God will give you revelation in that time. Because I think also within waiting and stuff, too, as well, God is able to work within that time in another in another way. Rather than just, you know, like, oh, you're already here. It's like building you up to that mm-hmm. point before you get there. So that way you have those capacities. That way you have that experience and stuff too before going into this. Like, for instance, and stuff too as well. I have to wait another five years for mm-hmm. me to get into the field that I need to be. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the five years of waiting is not very fun. Why? But within that time, though, God has built me up and has also strengthened me. First of all, be better at waiting, mm-hmm. but also he's equipping me for this job as well. And he's giving me these experiences where it can equip me for my job. Mm-hmm. So that way, when I do get into it, I'm not just like, oh, I'm here now. Okay. What's that? What's now? Yeah. And stuff too. It's like, no, I know what I'm doing now. And stuff too. It may not be exactly 100% exactly what I think, but I'm yeah. equipped for that. Whatever it is, he got you ready for it. Exactly. The preparation was for it. So I, I think there's just peace in remembering that, like, in that time of waiting, there's still building being, still taking place. It may, It's just really for a lot of the time, it's actually been unseen. Yeah. I think that what the picture that's building, being created in my head, because that's just the way I work. Um, The imagery that was being, I was about to say fortified, a contour. The imagery that was being created was the fact of, like, being in a waiting room. And then the doctor's like, okay, or God's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is, he brings out like a 3D model. He's like, okay, this is what we're going to build. This mm-hmm. is where, this is what we're going to have for you. And then you're in like a waiting room. But while you're in the waiting room, like someone brings out like, okay, here's a piece of it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, here's another piece of it. Two years later, oh, you got half of it done. Here goes another couple pieces, right? And it's like, you're in the waiting room and you're waiting for what God's promised you. Yes. But little did you know, you're actually... This thing that you've been just fidgeting around with in the waiting room, you're actually building what he showed you. So it's like, you're going to get there, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be like, okay, God picks you up, puts you here. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you're going to get there. Here's the road. I'm going to I'm gonna light the, the path. Mm-hmm. So the only thing you're going to be able to see is the next two steps in front of you. But literally, you know, this road that you're walking on is going to lead you here. I think of it as almost like a mosaic piece, whenever mm-hmm. you think about it, because a mosaic, it takes multiple pieces of stone. Or material to actually build up into the picture itself. Mm-hmm. So when someone hands you this one little stone, it's like, okay, what is this? Yeah. And then that person says, go sit it over there. You sit it over there. You say, go sit this one that I have right now. I want to go sit it next to it. And then sit this one next to it. And sit next this one next to it. And over time, you build this bigger picture mm-hmm. of what he had told you to build. And you look at it from afar and you think, wow. In all that time. I was able to build this and make this because of what this person told me to do. Carrying these stones felt useless. Mm-hmm. And they feel, exactly, they feel useless initially. Mm. Because, and the thing is, you get frustrated because he keeps telling you to do it. But it's like, you look at the bigger picture of things, 
and you're like, well, I wouldn't be able to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. If I was to just if I was to just go sit this stone down somewhere else and stuff too, I would have just sat it next to this <laughs> one, or I would have even done it to begin with. I would have left the stones where he put them. Exactly. Why am I carrying the stone for? Exactly. Like what? what am I? What am I carrying this little this this little tiny tile? I don't have the too. vision. I don't have the exactly. I don't, I don't have, the, have vision, the vision. But he does. I don't have the vision. I'm gonna leave that there. Give me a second. Cause that's heavy. And that's just that's where. I, I, that's the image I think about whenever I'm waiting in terms of patience and having to sit still. Because God does call us to sit still at certain points. There's a time to be proactive, and there's a time to rest, and there's a time to be reactive. That shut me up. I ain't even gonna lie to you. That shut mm-hmm. me up real time. That simple. I don't have a vision. Mm-hmm. I don't, and he I, does. I, Sorry, man. What am I doing? Don't know. I don't have and that's vision. the beautiful thing. And that's the reason why I like the mosaic uh, analogy, too, is because each mosaic is different as well. Mm-hmm. And each one is beautiful in its own way. But the thing is, though, we have to let the artist tell us how to put it together because on our own, we would not be able to figure it out the same way. He is the painter. Mm-hmm. I am the canvas. Mm-hmm. Once again, I don't have the vision. <laughs> Again, I, oh, I, I, said, I think I've said this yes. to you before. One of my favorite lyrics, uh, I love Ben Fuller. Ben Fuller is one of my favorite um, Christian artists. Mm-hmm. And uh, he talks about the platform uh, he has and stuff too. Of, you know, like his music and saying, well, this this freedom that I have, is, uh, this platform that I have, it may be free, but it's a messy canvas of God's mercy in my madness. Mm. Because My madness. And that's yeah, exactly. In my madness, that's a and that's a big word there. <laughs> that that the oh my goodness, the not a big word, mm-hmm. but the freaking there's a c word that I'm trying to say that comes from that word is crazy, mm-hmm. right? That you have to really break it down with, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm trying to get the word, but it's just not coming to my head. So my madness. And his mercy. Mm-hmm. I was about to say my madness, but his mercy. But it's my madness and his mercy. Yes. Makes the platform that I stand on. I don't know, man. I'm still kind of shooken up about that. I don't have the vision. I don't know. I think that struck me way deeper than I realized. You know, it's like I'm over here in my mind peeling back an onion. I'm like, wait, I'm still doing a podcast. I got to <laughs> slow it down. This is for the meditation time. This is uh, the meditation thing. This is something that happened to me um, this week, last week, one of these weeks. Uh, I was me and Lisa. Of course, we chop it up a lot. We're married, so we we do that a lot. Um, at home, um, and we were speaking about the season that we're in, and that's where partially where my face being shaved. That's where that comes from as well. Yes. So God was speaking to me on a personal level as well. Um, because we were, I was asking God. I was like, okay, God, been in this for a couple months, right? I'm really feeling like you've taught me some things. And you want to take me some places, mm-hmm. but I need to get my hands on something before I can really like feel regular again, right? Mm-hmm. Because I'm in a we're in a season of um, stewardship when it comes to money, and I feel like I've been doing it right because he's been multiplying, he's been he's been adding on, right? So I feel like we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm learning these lessons, these lessons, and I'm applying them. But I'm like, okay, God, I need to get my hands on something unless 
I'm going to feel like I'm not contributing, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel like I'm not doing something unless I can get my hands dirty and like see something come from it. So he, uh, it got to a point to where I was like, okay, God, am I in my season longer than need be because I can't sit down and wait or I can't sit down and listen, right? Because a lot of times we pray and when we pray, we're talking to God, but most of the times we don't give God time to respond. So it's just us talking to God and him not talking to us. So God, um, God told me one time, uh, set that room aside because we had this room that we made a prayer closet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, once again, when we pray, we're talking to God, but God said, set that room aside as a time for you to shut up. I was like, rude, but okay. Mm-hmm. I was like, shut up. He really, because the word shut up was used. Mm-hmm. That's not paraphrasing. He was mm-hmm. like, set that set that room aside for a time for you to shut up. And I was like, shut up. Dang. I must have did something bad because mm-hmm. he didn't say be quiet. He didn't say stay silent. He told me to shut up. And I'm like, am I in the season that I am, I'm in because I can't give time to God to shut up or I can't find the silence for God to speak? He's like, and I started looking back and I'm like, okay, when does God have time to speak to me? When do I give him time to speak? And I feel like when he needs to say things, it doesn't matter what's going on. Mm-hmm. He'll speak to your heart. You won't be able to deny what's just been said and you'll hear it. But it's like, if I'm looking for further instructions because I don't have the vision, mm-hmm. when am I, when am, when am I going back and asking, okay, God, what's next? Okay. Okay. God, here's my time. Teach me. Like, mm-hmm. so partial of me, Another reason of me like shaving my face is like when we when we are baptized or when we're married, right? So when we're baptized, we understand that that is an outward expression of an inwardly. Yes. Yeah, you know, you change inwardly, right? So you God changes your heart, He changes your mind, and outwardly you're being like, Okay, I accept what God has done in my life. Yes. And through that, I'm going to get baptized. Or when you marry someone, you're like, Okay, I accepted this person in my heart for a lifetime, for a lifelong journey. And I'm going to outwardly expose that through commitment and the the containment of marriage. And then you put the ring on the finger. You guys wear the ring, showing symbolizing that hey, I chose this person for the rest of my life. So when I shaved my face, I was like, this was an outwardly expression of the fact that I am now taking my silence serious. So it was like, I am now taking the time to sit with God and let God speak to me. And through that, I don't know why, but I felt led to shave my hair off like the 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 monks do. You know how like they have their solitude and they mm-hmm. like go bald and everything? Mm-hmm. Going bald was a stretch for me. But I was <laughs> like, facial, I'm cool. Like mm-hmm. we can do that. But um I can't remember where this was supposed to lead to. But like like I said, me and Lisa was talking and I, I that question just rose up. I was like, am I in the season for too long because of the fact that I can't be okay with the silence or I can't sit down and wait. And I like to say I'm someone good with silence. I can sit in silence. It's completely fine. I enjoy it sometimes because it's what God speaks. Mm-hmm. But how often do we get caught up in the day-to-day action or in the fact of the music or just enjoying life so much that we don't sit down and spend time with God? On another note, I don't know why this is all coming up at once, but um, I was here and you know we serve in a youth ministry. Yes. We take we take this fairly seriously. Me and you, we both conversated and talked about that. Um, just the burden for the youth is on our hearts very uh, heavily uh, from time to time. And we were, I was here and I was talking to some of the youth kids. I was texting them just like, 
checking up on him. I was like, mm-hmm. we got, we want to plan these dates. We're going to, you know, hang out sometime. And in the midst of me, like texting these kids, this is how me and Lisa started talking. This is where mm-hmm. it originated from. In the midst of me texting these kids, finding out what they're interested in, setting some dates so we can go hang out, chill, do some fun stuff. I, um, my soul just started to get stirred up. Mm-hmm. It just start. I started getting like a little angry, a little, a little tossed away. And I'm like, okay, God, what's going on? Once again, he told me to set that room aside so that I can have a place to shut up. So that's my room where God, so I can talk to God anywhere. Yes. I can hear God anywhere. Mm-hmm. But when I step foot in that, that our prayer closet, that is a time where I say nothing. Nobody disturbs. And that is a time for God to distinctively speak to me. Right. Yes. When I'm in there, I'm distinctively listening to God. But, um, my soul's getting stirred up and I'm like, all right, God, what's going on? I don't, I don't, I don't quite understand. I feel like this is out of nowhere. And my neighbors upstairs, they be loud sometimes. So when they get like loud, we take the crutch and we like bang on the roof yeah. just to show like our, yes. our rebellions. And I grab the crutch and I bang, I hit the roof. And when I hit the roof, you know how like when you're mad and you're like really upset mm-hmm. and then adrenaline starts pumping, I, I hit the roof and the adrenaline starts pumping. And my spirit was like, oh, you're mad. You're just not like upset. You're mm-hmm. mad you're at for, for what? Mm-hmm. At the world for what? And I was like, oh. First off, the journalist still running. So I'm like, I, I am mad. Why am I mad? So I put the thing, I put the I put the crush down. I'm just like, why am I mad? And I go and I sit in the room and then he smacks me. He smacks me. He says, You're about to set these dates with these kids and spend time with these kids. And your wife has been asking you to take her on a date. Mm-hmm. You're about to slit your wrist in a place where I ask you to pour your oil. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? I hit them kids back. I was like, hey, it's going to be a minute. Give me a second. <laughs> I called Lisa. She's like, uh, I was like, where you at? She's like, I'm on the way home. I was like, bet. Talk to you when you get home. Hang up the phone. So she hits the door. I have to apologize. Off rip. Yes. And not that my intentions were bad. Everything in this situation was meant for good, right? Yes. The kids' activities, we was going to get the bond and learn each other. Mm-hmm. But I cannot begin to stifle the, the hierarchy that God has placed in my life. Mm-hmm. Him first. After him. It comes to who I have for the rest of my life. And that is Liso. Liso is me part two. Liso is the person I married. Liso is one with me mm-hmm. according to the Bible. And yes. that's how God sees us. And I had the ministry, which was like level four, maybe. And family comes at three, you do ministry, five, four, whatever, right? This is God called me to. And I was about to take that number and put it all the way up to number two over my marriage. And that thing stirred my stirred my soul up so bad that I'm now sitting here frustrated at in this closet and God is like, you're doing it all wrong. You taking this before what I've given you that's supposed to help you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. You could be in this ministry two years later, I tell you to leave it. But your marriage be all messed up because you put it above your marriage. So mm-hmm. I had to, I was like, hey Lisa, um, this is what happened. Nothing bad. I was just, I was talking to the kids and I was, I was setting up these dates and I, was, I wanted this and I wanted that. And we was about to go do this, this and that. And I had the plans. We had the places. We was getting the times and my soul began to get stirred up. And it was because you've been asking me to go on a date for a long time. And I've been putting it aside because I've masqueraded stewardship. I, I masqueraded my fear and stewardship. Mm-hmm. So yes. I thought I was stewarding well with the money. But I was actually scared of losing the money that I would not do anything. So yes. every time she was like, hey, can we go here? I was like, no, we need to, we need to, we need to steward well with our money. Right? It's like 50 bucks. I'm like, 
no, we can't do that. We need to do it well with the money. I'm denying her entertainment. I'm, in de I'm denying her enjoyment because I'm scared of what happens if we spend all the money. Yes. And here I am about to take my time and spend potentially money and spend it on these on, on the, the, these dates with the youth versus dating my wife. And God was like, you about two seconds away from destroying this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. That just had to come off my chest. Even though I felt like I already said it. But you know, it's just, I'm out here just giving my, hey, like my you wife. Said, dude, this is safe space. Safe, safe space, space. You know, that's just, that's, that's what happened in my life. And just to like, just the, the amount of conviction that fell over me for something that I thought I was doing well. Mm -hmm. And I think for the next week, if I'm honest, today was the first day that I felt good in a long time. Because for the next week, God showed me. He was like, yep, and you're doing that wrong. And that, you're doing that wrong too. Mm -hmm. This, you're doing it wrong. So when I when I got to the point of where I was like, am I doing this season wrong? I had to shave it off. I had to be like, all right, God, I'm taking it serious. You want to know how serious I am? There we go. I never, I never shaved my beard. Ever since it started growing. Dude, no, I understand because, dude, I'm right there with you. I told Lisa, I was like, babe, this is, is going to be the first time I ever see my chin. And, dude, it's funny can you say this because this is something I, I, I really had put on my heart, too, as well, when thinking about it. It's funny that you used the beard analogy, too. I'm really going to tell you because I was in that same, I was almost in the same thing, too, because um, in past relationships, I've had people and stuff, too, and these people that I'm with and stuff, they ask me to shave it. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to. Right. I don't want to. And stuff. And then recently, I had really started thinking, I was like, am I really at this stage in life and stuff, too, like where I'm at right now and stuff, too? If God was to ask me to do something that I did not want to do, would I do it? Would you? Would I? And I thought that was the first thing I thought about. I was like, if God asked me to shave my beard right now, would I do it? <laughs> Because like I'm not gonna lie, man, I love my beard. Bro, I love my beard. I loved my hair. But that's the I still thing, love though, it. It'll grow. Is like hopefully I pray for faith that will take me wherever He needs me to, even if that means me dying mm. to save somebody. I want that kind of faith, and if I'm letting my own my own desire overtake what God has asked me and what God is asking me, am I really a Christian? Mm. Am I really doing the will of the Lord? Are you seeking first the kingdom? Exactly. First. And that's part of the reason why I, I'm in this weird stage in life because the thing is, like, that is something I really thought about. And it does give me a lot of conviction because I know there's certain things I could be doing better. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting in that effort that I need to to be doing that better. That's frustrating. Is it there's a there's a verse in the Bible that says um knowing what's right and not doing what's right is still sin. Mm -hmm. They just said what's right or knowing what to do. It's one of those. Mm -hmm. I paraphrase every time I talk about the Bible. But knowing what's knowing what to do and not doing it is sin or something like mm -hmm. that. I got I looked that up. Go ahead and finish. I didn't even cut you off. But I think where it gets most annoying is in daily habits, it's like, okay, I'm in this, I'm in this routine. All right, I don't want this routine just to be me doing it because I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. It's like I wanted to come from a place of love, 
and I want it to come from a place of me wanting to do it and killing my own desire so that way his desire becomes my own. And that's tough. Yeah. The it does the Bible does speak about um but when God begins to like change your life and change your he'll change your heart's desires mm-hmm. to be or are we supposed to do that? One or two. It's like God's gotta change your heart's desires to become to desire what is what he wants. Mm-hmm. So it'll be it'll become like, okay, God, I wanted this. And then God's like, um, if I'm gonna be doing a change in your 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 body inside of you, then I'm gonna have to change all of you. And as you as you close and closer walk with God, as you begin to build that relationship further and further, it no longer becomes okay what I want. It's like, okay, God, what do you want? And then after it becomes like, what do you want for so long? You start to want what he wants. And then it's now, it's like, oh, we want the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, because I changed your desires, right? Your heart's mm-hmm. desires are now my desires. So now we're walking closer together and you've begun to, he's begun to like shape your lens of how you see things to like the way that he wants. But I did find a verse, uh, supposedly. This is coming from James four seventeen. I mean, the NLT, it says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do, then not do it. Mm-hmm. So that, that just taking it back to daily routine stuff, knowing what to do and then not doing it, knowing that God wants you to do better and not doing it the way that he has set forth, yes. right? And I'm just thinking about me, right? I'm going to speak on me. I'm, I'm one of those people, right? I have, when somebody asks me to do something or I begin to do something or God puts it on my heart to do something, like this podcast, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. I have such high goals and standards because I know what I can do and yes. I know what's possible. But <clears throat> starting off things, you're not going to get it the best off rip. That's just anything, no. right? Unless you've been a, a God-placed prodigy, doing something for the first time is not going to be the best. And because I have such high standards, and and high potential seen in myself i set my goals like really high mm-hmm. and the fact that i know that my goals are really high i know that i can't achieve those goals those really high goals so when i can't achieve those really high goals that i've set for myself instead of going out there and possibly creating something subpar i don't do it at all yep and just thinking back like i said on my life and how many times that i've did exactly what this verse said not to do. I'm just like, mercy and grace is real. Mm-hmm. If the if the balance of sin is death, and knowing what you ought to do and not doing it is a sin, which is death. I should have been dead a long time ago, yeah. long time ago. Yep. But boom, sitting here, here I am. You know, I'm trying to get over that that stage of um having standards high and realizing that eventually I can get there. Yes. It might not be off rip. You have vision. You have a good vision. Mm-hmm. When I do have visions or God gives me a vision, I'll be like, okay, Christian, the vision's good. The potential's good. You have the potential to get there, but you're not going to get there on your first step. Yep. On your first 10 steps, you're not. You're still not going to be there. You might mm-hmm. not even be halfway when you take your first mile, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just the fact that eventually you can get there. Mm-hmm. Is it on your time? No. That's part of running a race. That's the race. race different. Hmm. Everybody's race is different. Every obstacle is different. Hurdles. Some yeah. people got 5Ks. Some got 10. And 
just for a little context too, we have done this podcast before. This is definitely this our second, is the second one. We have done. <laughs> the first one, unfortunately, did not end the way we wanted it, it to. It, uh, yeah, but I respect myself too much for that quality. That's okay. I mean, like again, there were some auditory issues and stuff. You know, the, mm-hmm. that was the problem. The podcast was great. Oh, uh, I like it was oh, yeah. one of the best conversations I think we've had. In a I maybe maybe ever. Uh, it was a rigged could conversation. Be, could be, could be. But sorry, y'all one of the never things we brought it. up and and bringing that up and stuff is we had all really became friends at a race, at a Spartan race altogether. Mm-hmm. So we had all came here, and even though y'all may not have ran the same race as us, spiritually we're all running a race we're together all in this race. And the thing is, though, I think what we have to remember though is every race might look different. And every race does look different. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, at the end of the day, we're still all doing the same thing. We got one goal. We got one goal. Well, if you were part of a, a race, you're still running a race, but your race might be a circle. Mm-hmm. My race. My race is a Not a straight shot to heaven, but oh, no, it, it ends. Well, it's, it never, it's, never it's never a straight shot to heaven. It's never a straight shot to heaven. That's the end goal, man. I mean, because like, you, you look at everybody around you and stuff too as well, and no matter how much people want to hide it, there is sin in their lives, regardless of how much they want to ignore it. Okay, and that's the are. problem and stuff, too, is, like, when you choose to just ignore it, guess what? It's just like it's just like running a race in a penalty. Like, you get a penalty and stuff when you run a race and stuff. When you run a race and you do something wrong, you cut through and stuff, too, guess what? You get a penalty for it. You get penalized. penalized. And the thing is, though, when you ignore those things and stuff, too, those things can come around and stuff, too, and penalize you. Mm-hmm. And those things can come around and destroy you. So whether it be something so small and it builds up over time, or whether it be something huge, it does not matter. That stuff can play a huge role against you. And there's grace and forgiveness in that, and that's the beautiful thing about our relationship with God. Because think of it from this point of view, and stuff too. There's a God that is willing to forgive us of our transgression if we if our transgression if we repent. Mm-hmm. But we can't even forgive ourselves half the time. Mm-hmm. And we have to think a lot of the time and stuff too as well. If God can forgive us, why can't we forgive ourselves, bro? Sin is the most destructive, disgusting, don't play fair person that, or thing, entity, whatever you want to call it, that you can run into, bro. Mm -hmm. Like, I have such a hatred for sin itself, but for the people it comes in contact with, I have so much love and and sympathy Mm -hmm. for it, right? Because... Um, just being me and running to sin as many times as I ran into it, but then coming out of that sinful cycle into a life where Jesus, God has now the control of, and Jesus is paid in the path that I'm walking on and I'm trying to get close to him and I'm walking close with him and then running into sin on that path. And first off, just the, I'm a person that I, I'll, I'll talk it out. Right. Mm-hmm. I, like, I, like Clayton said, we became friends, and me, him, Seth, um, and right. Eli, we became friends. That trip was a, a great foundation, a great starter. But with these guys, and also my wife, and also my family, you know, both sides, it's just like, I am one where I feel I have unlimited um, places to really just speak on things, right? Mm-hmm. If, it, if it deals with me, if it deal with, deals with other, others, it's just like, if something is on my heart heavy, I will speak on it. Mm-hmm. And that's just because I've been loosened from the grip of being quiet about things. I've been loosened from the grip of, of sin itself. And I can now, 
I now know that there is nothing that I go through. There's nothing that I've been through that others won't understand. Mm -hmm. They might not feel it as deep as I I do, or I, I might not, um, I might not persuade myself that they get where I'm coming from. But first off, the Bible speaks about how uh, things that we go through are common to man. But the fact of I now understand that I'm not the only one going through these things. But sin plays such a a disgusting way in the life to to make you. It makes it made me lose the thought of communication. Mm -hmm. Like the first attack was on my ability to talk about what I've just been through. Even mm -hmm. though I've been through situations to where it's like, okay, okay, so this is what happened, and I can lay it down. And then now, the next time I may slip, or the next time, next time I may step step in a puddle, it's like this sin makes me feel like I can't talk about it. Yes. And taking taking my communication away, taking my 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 ability to talk away is probably the first and most evil thing you can do. Yes. And it, it just, it's a snowball effect, right? So it starts with that. And then you're like, okay, I can't talk about it. So what happens when you can't talk about it? You try to sit on it. But what happens when you sit on it? It festers. Mm -hmm. What happens when it festers? It grows. It grows and guess what? It gets bigger. So it next thing you know, you done done this thing like five times again. You done, mm -hmm. you might have fell in the same sin like five more times and now you're deeper down this rabbit hole and it gets you down there and you're like, well, the devil made me do this, and the devil turns to God and it's like, I don't know. That that's all him. That that's was not him. me. All he had to do, he, mm -hmm. it might have started with a lie. Mm -hmm. Okay, it goes from that lie to now you're gossiping. It goes from that gossiping to now you're hanging with these wrong people. Now you're drinking, now you're drunk, and now you're drunk every night, mm -hmm. and now you're doing you're sleeping with this person, you sleep with you done hit this one little trip. Now you're tumbling down this hill. Mm -hmm. And God's like, okay, I have to keep you accountable for what you've done, even though there's grace and mercy, and I forgive you. Mm -hmm. It's okay, this has happened. So now learn. you you have to learn, right? David, he started the punishment of David's mm -hmm. actions, right? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, now you have to learn. And you're just like, but he did it. And the devil's like, that wasn't me. Mm -hmm. that wasn't me. So now you can't talk about things. You're, you're feeling low on yourself. You're hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're feeling alone. And you're in this position, and it's all because of one little sin. Mm -hmm. One little thing. You tripped, and you rolled, and you rolled, and you rolled, and the, the ball got bigger, and the, the shadows got darker, and you felt more alone, and you feel more depressed, and you're more down on yourself, and you're in this pit all because of one little thing. That's why I hate sin. And I hate it. What's crazy about it the most and stuff is when we think, um, whenever anyone gets into that hole, is that God is so far away. Mm -hmm. But little did we know that God is literally right there with us going through that. Sliding right down the hill. Sliding right down the hill with us. And mm. stuff too. And it's not that of course he slides with us. You know? No, no. But no, no. He'll never leave is, you or forsake you. That's the thing is he won't leave you or forsake you. Mm -hmm. So when you do fall into that hole, God's still right there with you. And it's as easy as, and, and of course, the thing is, though, this is where it's not easy because you have to meet it with your heart, repentance. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why repentance is so important. And although God may not just be like, you know, like, okay, that's fine. That's it. It's like, no. It's like, no, you've done this and stuff too. You have to learn. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's a different from a father or a mother. And stuff too, reprimanding you for your actions. Mm -hmm. And that's part of the prayer I think that everyone needs to pray and stuff too as well is God let me be responsible for my actions. Yeah. Because yeah. Lord, I know I'm gonna be wrong at one point or another, whether it be intentional, whether it be unintentional, doesn't matter. I'm a human. 
I'm human. I'm going to fail. Lord, let me be responsible for those actions. So, God, that way I can learn. Mm-hmm. And, and and that might seem very nihilistic for some people and stuff. And thinking of like, you know, like, oh, well, you have to go through that. No, you don't. Mm. You don't have to go through that and stuff, too. And that's the beautiful thing about experiences with other people is because some people have went through that. And you can learn from them. Yeah. And stuff, too. Or you can be that person someone else learns from. And life ain't easy regardless. <gasps> Either way, it don't matter. It don't matter what way you live in your life. Life ain't easy. Bro. And the thing is, though, that's just, that's the thing, though, is, like, life is made easier, but life ain't easy. Mm-hmm. Easier with Christ. Mm-hmm. I, um, I saw this video, dang, once again, thought just, gone. it was, I tapped my head, and it just, as soon as I started talking about it, it just flew off. Mm-hmm. I watched it fly off. Um, I, what we were, we were talking about, life is made easier with Christ. All right, that thought's gone. I'm gonna just skip to the next one. For the people who may have been raised like me. Or may have been raised in a in a church's mind, or may just have like the, the thought process of me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in a Pentecostal. Is it Pentecostal? Pentecostal. Uh, it, it's like Pentecostal Episcopal. One of those. They got the same hand clapping, foot stomping. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> very, very, very ordained. Sitting very... in the sitting in the back, you know, they got that 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 type of style, yeah. right? It's more Pentecostal. So yeah, that's definitely Pentecostal, right? But they was they they had a Pentecostal type praise, and then they had like a a, a there was a mashup. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was like if non if if you took non denominational, um, they was all denominational. That's that they were like Baptist. Yeah. Pen, they was all like yes. Catholic or everything. That that's that's the type of freaking. I felt like that org, org was, but mm. not to speak down on them, bad yeah, on them. Of course, of course. But it's just like, that's where my base education came from, or at least a little bit that I didn't know before I came back to Christ and reconstructed. Mm-hmm. But um, when we say repent, they used to say repent and, and ask for forgiveness in correlation with each other so much that it, it became... Um, it became not so much a repent and ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. rather than it became repent, commas, ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. So we uh, basic English, um, sometimes in in writing, a definition of a word can be followed by a comma and the definition can be said given after. Mm-hmm. Um, so it became in my head, in my train of thought was repent meant asking for forgiveness. Yes. Instead of repent. And ask for forgiveness as these two being two separate things, yes. not one thing. So I just wanted to clear up the air, clear up the space just for uh, you know, my conscience and the, and the mm-hmm. sake of people who may have learned or understood like me. Repenting is not asking for forgiveness. Yes. Repenting is its own thing. Asking for forgiveness is its own thing. Mm-hmm. Repenting is turning away. From your actions, from, from the actions that you have mm-hmm. and being responsible for what you've done. Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Notifying, notifying yourself. What you've done, being like, okay, I've done it, and turning. Yes. I'm not going to do it no more. That's That was the last time. Here I am. That's what repenting is. And sometimes, you're going to have to turn a couple times. Mm-hmm. You might be doing a full 960 out here. You know, mm-hmm. just every time you run into it, you got to turn. Yep, you have to and, run back around. And then right back, and might run mm-hmm. to a turn again. That's what repenting is. Mm-hmm. But forgiveness is something... That you have to do separately. Yes. So you repent and ask for forgiveness. Not yes. repent, which means asking for forgiveness. That's not I think that's that's not it. I think we're the enemy work. So a lot of the time it's up to 
when we repent, that is when the enemy starts to become an issue. Mm-hmm. It's because the thing is that the enemy knows that we're we're you're choosing the right path, so it's gonna try to do everything it can to throw you off that path. Mm-hmm. So initially, whenever we do an action, it's by our own means and by our own desire that we do it. But the thing is, when we know that action is wrong and we step away from that and we repent and we ask for forgiveness, we turn the cheek and we move mm-hmm. the other way. That is when the enemy steps in. A lot of time, because the enemy will always try to throw you off the path. Is he, out, he is out to kill, steal, and destroy. Mm-hmm. Sifting like wheat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not give... The enemy's there. The enemy's very real. Yes. I'm going to take credit on my behalf of my yes. sin, and I'm going to be like, hey... Because it ain't just the enemy's fault. It ain't, just, sorry, him. It ain't just the enemy's fault. He there. He there. He might have got me there. the first time. Yep. But that second time might have been on me. Because when you are most spiritually in tune with the Lord, that is when the enemy wants to bring you down the most. Mm-hmm. So you have to protect your heart, and you have to protect your mind, and you have to protect your spirit. Mm-hmm. Because there are spirits out there that want to destroy you in every way, shape, and form. That that protecting your heart, bro. Yes, and protect something, your heart. You talked about stuff too as well a little earlier, and stuff too talking about you know like how sin spreads. Mm-hmm. This is also a tactic from the enemy. So whenever that does, when that when that spirit of shame sits over you, mm-hmm. that spirit of shame, shame manifests into, oh, you're a horrible person mm-hmm. and that you don't deserve this life that you're having. So ruin your own life and then go run someone else's. Mm. And can't be here alone, man. And this is a crazy thing, too, because uh, I've met a lot of interesting people. And I think one of the most interesting people, and I'm not going to name names, mm-hmm. um, he has actually had an experience with possession before. Possession? Yes, like demonic. Oh, okay, possession. okay, possession. possession. Yes, possession. like possession, possession. Like possess, okay. Yes. All right. And this is something that still scars him to this day mm-hmm. because it started out so simple. But yet had manifested into this thing over time. He himself always dealt with a spirit of depression over him. Mm-hmm. But when the real spirit of depression came, it had sat over him. And he had felt its presence. So at the time, I'll tell you the story a little bit too, right. because it's a very it's a very interesting story because a lot of people think that it can't happen to them. Mm-hmm. It is very possible. This is someone who has been saved his whole entire life. Okay. And stuff too. He has lived in the church his whole entire life, and he lives a very well life. Mm-hmm. When that spirit of depression came over him, he had felt its presence around him in everything he did. So in the house they were living in at the time and stuff, there was just one room that he had a very hard time being in. And ironically enough, it was a very lonely room. Every time he'd go in there, he'd always be alone. And he felt this pressure over him sitting on top of him in this room. And it felt very, un- it, of course, it felt uncomfortable. He mm-hmm. hated it. And at this time, this was one of the lowest points he'd ever been in his life. And he had had a lot of thoughts about even suicide mm-hmm. and killing himself. And there was one day where this had just gotten so bad. I guess he had family over. Um, and his family was outside. I guess they were having a big party. Except for the house that they were living in at the time. He was inside of the bathroom. And he, that spirit's just sitting over him. And he starts hearing this thing talk. Nah, I'm out. I'm yes, out after that one. Yeah. The thing is, though, this is the thing about, like, if you want to call them demons, mm-hmm. it's like demon spirits, whatever. Because at heart, that's what it really is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Potato bugs are speaking to him now. And he he feels its presence around him. And the craziest thing is that he's he said it was so enticing, it was beyond belief. And this thing, it was so calm. It wasn't rageful like what you expect a demon to be. It was mm-hmm. so unbelievably calming. And so and not calming, that's not the word. I'm trying to think of the proper word for it. it there like was no peace. Well, not even peace. Peace okay. is substitute. Yeah, I have yeah. another meaning for it. There was no rage. There was no nothing that you would expect right. a demon to have. It was just quiet. Nothingness. But what he had talked, what it was, what, and whenever he talked to it, all it would do was just bring him down and, 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 and eyes him and just mess with him the whole entire time. Just being in and being antagonist to him. And what it had told him as well, because he had thought about killing himself at this time too. It was like, well, Okay, if you're not going to kill yourself, ruin someone else's life first, and then kill yourself. Mm. So that way you're doing my job for me. And this is where I think people get demonic confused, demonic possession very confused. Is he had allowed this thing to overtake him and start to enter into his heart. Mm. And the moment he did, he said it had showed its face to him. And he said it was the most disturbing thing he'd ever seen. And he described it almost as like, I got a picture of hell and what hell was really like. And the feeling of burning fire had overtaken him. And what he was seeing, he'd see, like, the way he described it, he's like, the best way I can describe it is seeing flesh melt off of bones. Almost like Indiana Jones. That's with the crystal skull where they open up the case and their, yeah. their, skulls, their skulls just melt. It's like their skin melts off their skull. And this thing had finally showed its face to him. And he said it was the most terrifying thing. And it was even crazy that he'd given the name. It had even told his name. But he didn't want to tell us. But um His name? Yes. No. This is where people get demonic confu- demonic possession confused. Whenever you are saved and you are properly saved and you have allowed Jesus into your heart, you have fortified your heart. But when you let other things into your heart, mm-hmm. that is whenever it can possess you. Whether that be metaphorically or whether that be, in this case, physically. Physically, let it in. But luckily enough, at the time when this was happening, he's screaming in the bathroom. He's going ape in the bathroom. And his family had heard him and they had rushed in and stuff too because they heard him screaming. So they thought something was wrong. And, you know, thinking that there was something wrong, they went to the bathroom. And they they literally see him convulsing on the floor, yelling, screaming. And luckily enough, his grandfather was there. And his grandfather, great man of God. Yeah. And it was like, from what he had described, his grandfather passed, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But what he had told us is like grandfather had said to him is like, he had felt, he knew exactly what it was. This feeling of like, hey, no, this is what this is. You need to do something about this now. And he had been praying over him. And after they had in in, in this prayer that they had they kept they had kept continuing, continuing, continuing. And it finally it had finally seized control over him. And left him, and he's never, never dealt with this again. Mm. Never felt the same spirit again. But what it did though is it left a scar there. And it left that scar 
it's uh, I think the best way I can describe it is almost like a brain injury. Is like you see that, and it leaves fear within you. By that point, it's like I don't want that ever to happen again. I don't ever want that to happen again. But that fear overtakes. Dude, he had a very hard time telling us the story too. Mm. I, I mean, understandably, I can imagine, right? understandably. But this is where the enemy plays another role in this as well: is fear mm-hmm. and placing fear over you, and emphasizing and, and emphasizing fear over you. So fear had overwhelmed him. And telling him the story, and of course we had a friend. We had friends there and stuff too as well. Seth knows him. And Seth was there, and one of the best things that Seth had said and stuff too was, "We're given authority, but when we give authority to other things that are not of God, those things are taken away." Yeah. And use it. We have to use that authority. We have the same authority that Jesus has, man. Bro, bro, and bro. that's a crazy thing, bro. I'm, I, I be saying this so much. To my Christian friends, mm-hmm. that sometimes I feel like I'm going crazy. Like maybe, maybe I'm thinking too deep into this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm. G- Jesus died and sent us the gave us the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? The powers that rose Jesus from the grave. The powers that rose Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. The powers. That healed the lady with the with the, the with the blood condition from a single touch of a of the hem mm-hmm. of his garment. And let alone a Roman soldier whose faith is so strong that Jesus didn't have to do anything. The same power, mm-hmm. the authority resides in us. Yes. I be like, I get depression. Mm-hmm. I get it. Trust, trust. Mm-hmm. You sat like you down. I like. I get it. I might not get it mm-hmm. on your level, but I get it. Anxiety. I get it. Mm-hmm. Trust. I know some of it can be situational. I know some of it be, can can be uh, chemical imbalance. Whatever the studies may say, I get it. But you know, Lazarus was dead, right? Jesus was in the tomb for them two days, and then on the third. Them 24 hours, 48 hours, dead, not blood, not pulsing, no nope. heart stopped, brain dead. Lazarus, same like mm-hmm. people were scared to roll the, the stone away because they was like, it's gonna be stinky winky, mm-hmm. and we don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. Resides in me, mm-hmm. you, them. Yep, and you want to know what's even crazier, too, is even at the time that Jesus was there. It was still there. Again, that's something I think about with the Roman soldier. The Roman soldier that comes to Jesus about mm-hmm. his, I think it's, I believe it's his daughter or one of his... Uh, oh, his son? His son was sick? Or... One of one of the members of his family or one of the servants. Yeah. Um, and this is, first of all, this is a Roman soldier. Mm-hmm. They this hate is him. a... Yes, exactly. They only like his people. Mm-hmm. They hate the Jews. <laughs> He's a Gentile by every definition of the name. But by his faith and the belief that he had in Jesus at that time, which again, this is a physical person. I understand that. Yeah. But he had such faith in Jesus that Jesus didn't even have to be there to touch him. He touched that person. He said, go home. They are healed because of your faith. They healed. I I often think about that that, um, passage or that story. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what would happen 
if the role, if the the soldier was like, no, no, I need you to come to the house. Mm-hmm. Was the was the blessing when Jesus said it, or was the blessing when he accepted it? Mm-hmm. And dude, people have to realize some stuff too as well. Is like although Jesus, his heart was full of love. Love is not an easy thing. No, no. So Jesus had a soft side, and Jesus had a savage side, especially. I mean, like, you have to look at it and stuff, too. And what I say savage and stuff, too. It's hard love. I, I, I saw a video today. Ruslan, of course. Um, he, was, he was reacting to a video of someone else. And I think it, it was... They were talking to Ben Shapiro. Mm-hmm. And Ben Shapiro being a, a Jew, Jew. He's Jewish. Jewish, mm-hmm. yeah. You um you can get where like that's going to right Ruslan and the other guy being Christians of course and then Ben Shapiro being a, a Jew you can get where this conversation is going but he said this one thing and they were like Jesus was Jesus did everything out of love Jesus was a loving man but Jesus was not a nice man mm-hmm. doing something out of love and then doing something nice two different things it was like they gave him it was two titles that they said they were like something and then like son of god so it was like to be to be jesus with these mm-hmm. two um with these two positions that he was in there was no way that he could be nice mm-hmm. he could be kind and loving but as far as nice goes it was like jesus you would have thought jesus was rude mm-hmm. but it, it, i can't remember verbatim so i don't really want to go too deep in it but it was just like the fact that yeah Jesus was loving, but that, that love could be hard. Hey, Jesus wasn't PC, dude. Jesus no, was not no, PC. No, no, I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. Because the thing is, though, there are some aspects and stuff, too, of being a follower where you, first of all, you're not meant to question it. Mm-hmm. Because that is the way it is. So, like, I think of the, I think of, I think it's Matthew 15 and Mark, like, 7. Um, it's the woman, it's the Canaanite woman who comes to Jesus, um, begging to Jesus. And Jesus literally responds, it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's like, and, and the context of that too, is he's talking about the children, he's talking about the children of Israel. Okay. He's here to fulfill the, he's here to fulfill the word. So this woman who is a Gentile and stuff too, is like, she hears that. Dude, what is the first thing you think in your mind in 21st century today? Jesus calling the dog, says that it's like what? He calling the dog, homie. Wait, do I know? I'm, do I know it's Jesus or do am I like like? Well, I mean, evidently, you know it's Jesus. Evidently, evidently, you know it's Jesus. Okay, evidently, because I know it's Jesus. So she knew who Jesus yeah, was. Yeah, she knew who Jesus was. That's why her response was like fire too. Though. Exactly, and she even. I mean, that's why she says, you know, like even dogs are allowed to eat the scraps from yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from the from master's table. She was like, if you call me a dog, I mean, at least the dogs can get scraps. Can and I get stuff. a little something? And Jesus was Jesus even responded. He's like, he's like. You know what? You're right. That's right. Yeah. That's right too. Your faith is great. Yeah. And your and your request is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. bro. I can't give it to the dogs, but hey, faith is not an easy thing. And whenever God, and that's like that is one thing. Oh. That, that's that's what I think of that story. Faith is not an easy thing, bro. Even whenever. And the thing is, though, don't take it. And people should take it as like Jesus was insulting. Jesus was not insulting her. No. Jesus was testing her faith. Imagine the position and the the weight. Of, just think. Don't even imagine. Just try to wrap your brain around the weight that Jesus had on his shoulders to do this ministry in three mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. We got as pastors, a carpenter. We got as a full time carpenters doing ministry for 40, 50 plus years. Mm-hmm. 
Jesus had three years to get a message out that would change the course of the world. Bro. You can't be playing around with people. I can't be around the bush with this lady. No. Exactly. I, and that's the thing. Like, even the apostles are, and even G, I mean, like, they're all saying this woman. They're like, quit bugging us. Right? Yeah. Like, we're, we're here to fulfill the, the word of God. But that's what's crazy, though, is like, even in that time, Jesus is, God, that's so crazy. Because mm-hmm. faith is not an easy thing. Imagine, imagine I told you tomorrow when you go to sleep, when you wake up, don't open your eyes, but go do your days exactly as you do. Mm-hmm. That's what faith is. Faith is the evidence of things unseen, the substance of things hoped for, or flipped. Because honestly, dyslexia, and I can't remember which one goes first. But it's the fact of what you're believing is what you can't see. Mm-hmm. So get up tomorrow. Don't open your eyes, but do the day as you as you. Mm-hmm. Suppose or as you please. And that's, that's what faith is. And that's the hardest thing about today's world is because we live in such a now generation where we get mm. everything immediately. Instant gratification. Instant gratification rather than delayed. Mm-hmm. And that's where things have to have to change as a society. It is great to have everything at our disposal. But imagine me telling you, I have a reward for you. But you can't see it and you can't touch it, but it is there. It's there. And the only way to have it is at the end of your life. That's hard. To, that's hard. And I have these these rules and guidelines I want you to follow. That's hard to follow in today's world. And even in that time too, as well, it doesn't matter. They were still very materialistic at that time. Yeah, we we're always like, corrupt as humans, man. The fall, the creation, and the fall of humanity happens in the same chapter. Mm-hmm. And guess what it is? The first book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Please, please don't get me started about how corrupt you are. Mm-hmm. You were created and you fell within three chapters of the first book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. You're not perfect. Mm-hmm. This, all right, this, I, I can't go down the Adam and Eve track because I don't know if we got enough time. Um, But... But I have something I want to say. Um, bro, bro, Adam and Eve, dead. The the fact that we're here beats me. Mm-hmm. You said eat this fruit, you'll surely die. Mm-hmm. What did this dummy go do? Eat the fruit? Can I be upset? No, because I've been tempted in ways and I've fallen into sin from temptation too. But I'm a dummy as well. So it's the fact that as much as they should have been dead, I should have been dead. And the thing is though, that's like one of those like apologetic questions that a lot of people ask and stuff too. It's like, well, if we're so bad, why God's why doesn't God just fix us? It's like, okay, well, you're you, right? Uh-huh. You would not be you if God came down and judged the world today mm-hmm. and rid the world of evil. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be considered evil. You would be very, I, 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 you know, very evil. evil. Very evil. And that's. That's something that's mind-boggling because the thing is though you have to think and stuff too. Like I have it right here and stuff too. It's from it's in Malachi three too. Mm-hmm. It's when we call for God's justice in the world, we better be ready for God to judge us, bro. Because when the Lord shows up, He's not here to just fix the world. He's here to fix you too. We Sorry. are in the world, but not of it. You have two options. 
when God shows up? Get purified or get judged? You choose. You choose. Love is a choice. Guess what? You know, that's love. That's love. Because you want to know why God didn't come down here and and do and and just destroy everything instead of you? It's because God loves you. It's out of love. And you deserve it. I'm trying to remember the book. I'm trying to remember the book at the top of my head. God has the reason why God does not return immediately is because God wants to give everyone in this world a chance Mm -hmm. to be saved. Yep. And as long as there are people who do not know Jesus in this world, we'll be here. We will be here. Uh, and that is our jobs as Christians to bring the word to those people. It's hard, but think about like the, so you know how like there's like the cannibal people. It's like an Amazonian tribe. That's like cannibalist. Even though they don't eat people on a daily, it's like a ritual thing. But like going to them and trying to tell them about Jesus. Uh, was it North Sentinel Island over in India? They're a savage tribe. And people make fun of the man who went over there who tried to spread the word as a missionary mm. and was killed for it. I don't know about you. On pen and paper, does it sound smart? No. No. But from a faith standpoint, that man was willing to go through death to bring the word. And you know what's funny? One of those tribes actually didn't know who Jesus was. That's crazy. Your race may not look like my race. <laughs> But we still run in the so, same race. Exactly. Dude, I'm saying, no, and the, the thing is, though, you're, it's it's not even a matter of race mm-hmm. at this point. It, it's a, I mean, because we're the human race overall. Yeah. The only difference is you have a pigmentation in your skin uh-huh. because of the ethnicity, culture, and location right. where you live. That is the only difference between me and you. I ain't even about to lie. You took it there. Mm-hmm. I want you taking it there. But we here. We're here. We're here. We're That's all it is. Because Bro, we're still one. We're still one race. We're still one people. You might you bleed blood. Different. You bleed blood the same way I do. Is your blood red? My blood red. Your blood red. Mine. I certainly hope so. I think that this should be this should be stated, if not heard, <laughs> the fact that Clayton is my white brother. All right, mm-hmm. Clayton is not black, or Clayton is not mixed. Clayton is from the purest form of not <laughs> I don't know if it's pure, but you know, Clayton. Me and Clayton are. Opposite sides of the spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Yes. As though the people around us, right? Yes. There's you, there's me, there's Eli, so they mm-hmm. somewhere mixed in there. Who mm-hmm. knows, right? But it's the fact that still love. All yes. love. All love. And I'm sorry, like if you and this might sound harsh. Say it, I mean no, but this this may sound harsh, but I'm sorry. If you are a Christian but you still prejudice people based off the off not even just their race, but their social status. Or class status? Check your heart. Or anything, check your heart. Check your heart. Because that is not what love is. At the door, actually. Because uh, last time I checked, Jesus had tax collectors, mm-hmm. Levites, fishermen, and fishermen hmm. as disciples. I'm hmm. fairly positive they would, on, on a class spectrum, hate each other. If those men, if Jesus was not here and those men met, met each other, they would hate each other. Jesus was on the cross with the people who wanted him dead in front of him. Mm-hmm. And beside him. And he told God to forgive them. Forgive them. Forgive them. Check your heart. And this is this has been a, a big thing that God has put on my heart too as well. Is like, let's say in situations where things are tough to forgive people. Mm-hmm. We're called to forgive, but we're not called to reconcile. Mm. Because in reconciliation, we do not protect, we cannot protect our hearts and lives. 
when we know, let's say if it's something small, I, I did something I, I wrong to you and stuff too, mm-hmm. and I apologize. You forgive me and stuff too as well. We can reconcile from that. Mm-hmm. But let's say it is something big. Let us say it. Let's say like it's something you, huge. You killed my grandma. I killed your. I killed your grandma. Dang, bro, you had to do that. Mm-hmm. You are still called to forgive, and although that may be hard, mm-hmm. but it does not mean you're called to reconcile that relationship with me. Can't. And stuff too. You forgive me. the the I, The idea is forgive me for the action in which it happened, but our relationship does not go back to the way it was before. It's changed. It's changed. You want to know why? Because you have protect your heart. Protect your heart. That is something that I have been experiencing lately. That mm-hmm. has been insanely important. Yes. The first off. I asked God to, you know, uh, keep me from danger, seen and unseen. Mm-hmm. And of course, to like uh, guide me away from sin so I'm not like near it. And then he's like, protect your heart. And I'm like, protect my heart. Of course, I'm not mm-hmm. going to protect my heart. He's like, no, protect your heart. I'm like, okay, God, how could one protect their heart if not physically putting on armor? Mm-hmm. How could I protect my heart? What do you see? What do you say? What do you hear? Protect your heart. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you gotta protect your peace, oh, man. Oh, I mean, okay. I get in the car, music comes on. Okay. <laughs> no, bro. That would have been great. That would have been a good one to come bro, on. Th- that funny part is that actually happened to me. That did? Yes. See, same Dude. race, different, different, you know, running. I don't Look, know. Okay. Go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna break go, it down, go break super it down. in depth with this. Go ahead. Because again, I, I don't want, I'm not calling anybody out or anything. Oh, you say not. Okay. Not, I'm not. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I did face some church hurt uh-huh. at the beginning of this year, um, and there was a lot that was going on. You know the situation too. Okay, yep. And Same page. Things were said that shouldn't have been said. Mm-hmm. And in that relationship with that said person, I have to protect my peace. Mm. I forgive them. Do I think what they did was right? Was was right? Do I do? Do I think what they did was right? No. Of course not. It's not by any means. But God has called me to forgive that person. But my relationship with this person is not going to be the same. So, Mm. in that, God has told me to protect my peace and stuff too, and guard my heart. So, does that mean wear my heart like a sleeve? Nope. And stuff too, maybe wear my heart a little underneath my sleeve. Mm -hmm. So, when someone wants to see that heart, okay, it's right there. I'm protecting it. It's not It's not me just like walking out with it tattooed on my face. Nah. Can't. Can't do that. Can't. Unless I'm wearing a mask. I'm sorry. You, you and that was, and I think that's something that God had, God had taught me too as well because I was doing that. And that became a problem. A whole lot of love. You know? A whole lot of love. Right I, I want to give it out, but and that, and it's not the problem that love is the issue. Mm-hmm. It's that there are going to be some people, you could Christian or not, and stuff too as well, that will do you wrong. Oh, yeah. And it does not mean that you love them less. It's that you have to be smart with who you're talking to. Hurt people hurt people. Yep. Oh, yes. Hurt people Oh yes. hurt people. And you know what sucks? It's somebody that mm-hmm. thinks they healed that mm-hmm. are actually still hurt. Yep. They hurt the most people. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think sometimes... Like, imagine if you both went into the situation protecting your heart. Mm-hmm. Would that relationship, mm-hmm. would that relationship 
still be feasible today. Mm-hmm. Like the the context of protecting your heart before and after, mm-hmm. right? Pre-protection and post-protection. Yep. Like if some of the the relationships that I've been in, if my heart was protected before and whilst going through these relationships, how there would be no need to reconcile mm-hmm. because nothing would have been destroyed. Yes. Exactly. Mm. And that's the thing and stuff too. It's like the people that the people that I'm, I'm involved with in this in this circumstance, we're good now. Mm-hmm. And we've talked things out. And I have no ill will towards them. But guess what? Can't can't be the same. I can't be the same. I can't be that same person and stuff too that you want that you that you're trying to trying to want me to be. I'm not being that person anymore. Mm-hmm. They still talk to me. I still talk to them. I hope they do great. I hope they're still doing wonderful in life. Still love them. I mean, but the thing is, I ain't gonna be telling you mm-hmm. about how I'm feeling, about where I'm at. I still love I, you. The people I, the people that need to know, know, mm-hmm. and keep it at that. I love you, and that's the end of our conversation. I love you. I respect you. That's it. And I and and I hope you have a good day. I hope you have a good day. But that's, that's that. You. I hope that's life's good that. for you. Hey. you. I'll listen. To, I'll listen to whatever you got. But. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, just that's just me. I, it just, it just can't right happen here. twice. It's staying right here right now. Let's see. There are those people that I can share that with, and I have, and they know where I'm at, and that is what's important. And we good. And that's all that matters, right? But I'm going back to the protecting your heart, man, because yeah. I, I just feel it's just so important. It's just so important. Mm-hmm. Because without the protection of your heart, it's where sin can slip in. Yes. And when sin slips in, is where you get you begin that snowball, and with that snowball, we understand that you hit that bottom, you're in that yes, pit, and, and you, you have can to become that person that hurts another person, hurt people, hurt people, hurt man. people, hurt people. So, so, so focus like, on look, healing you, man. I and I understand that too because the thing is, like, I've I've been caught in those cycles too. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I have yeah, been yeah. a hypocrite, and I hate that. I hate, dude. That is one of the things I I can't stand the most is being a hypocrite now. But mm. by my flesh and stuff, through everything I do, it's gonna make me a hypocrite. And I have to learn. It's not necessarily killing. It's because I, I, I still, I still hate it. I'm going to hate mm. it the rest of my life. But I have to be better. Have to. I have to. I have to learn from that. God's outlined that and stuff too, and I have. God has definitely humbled me mm-hmm. in, this, in the circumstances. I think um, one of my. I feel like I talk about this a little bit, or I might. I don't know if they've heard it before, but I talk about it quite a bit. Is you know how we have like dumb prayers. Yes. We have like silly prayers mm-hmm. where our intentions are great, but we don't understand the magnitude of what we're asking for until yes. God gives it to us. Yes. And um I've dealt with a porn addiction for the majority of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, God, I don't want to turn back to this. I hate like I, I hate going back to the throw up, right? Yep. So it's like, help me to overcome this. I need your heart for this. Yes. Like I want your heart for this stuff. And I say it was like a dumb prayer. My intentions were good. Yes. I still stand by it. But to realize how God felt about something like that, um slap in, it's not even a slap bro, in the face, dude. It broke my heart. Yes. It broke my heart. And I and this is I, again in my first relationship before I was saved. Um one was a normalcy. Because mm-hmm. first of all we were very into one another. Um, but she lived in another town going to school. So it was a three hour trip. Oh no. Yeah. Oh, three no. and a half hour trip. There and back. And mm-hmm. stuff to was six. So Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, okay, I get and it. At that time, porn had just become normalcy for us. Mm-hmm. And it became a reliance. 
because we didn't have each other intimately and physically all the time. Which, like, sex is not a bad thing. No, great stuff. It's the context in which sex yes. happens and why we have sex. Mm-hmm. Because I think where a lot of people miss the mark with sex is that, like, sex is an icky thing. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that's... It's a good thing. God made it. God made it. But it's meant to be the 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 joining of a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And you think about what it does. What is sex used for? Procreation. Mm-hmm. What is when one person and another person come together, they make somebody life. who is both one of them. It creates life. It creates life. In a good sense. In a good sense. In the sense that we want it to. Yep, in the in the sense in the containment of marriage, but as soon as you take that bad boy out of the commitment, mm-hmm. is where you create destruction. Yes, is where that thing that creates life now creates death. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it did between mm-hmm. us. And I knew that God wanted more, so I had left that relationship. And in going to another later, I knew the polluting aspect that sex had. But it still almost overtook us. That's one thing that people don't realize when they walk into these Christian relationships. Is mm-hmm. like, you're not mm-hmm. exempt from that. You might. The thing is, if you have Christ at your heart separately mm-hmm. from one another, like, I mean, like, in yourself individually, if you have Christ at your heart, then, then you will be. If you have Christ just between you two, and it's almost shared between you two, it ain't gonna work. In that relationship, it ain't gonna work. Let me uh let me tell you something. Um Jesus pulls people closer together, man. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. And if you're not careful with what's getting close quick, mm-hmm. you will get caught up. I guess all what right? is is protecting your heart, baby. Bro, protecting your heart. And protecting your heart may not be the thing that you initially want. Dude, Ooh. it's like it's like the Greeks with the Roman with with the horse and with the Trojan mm-hmm. horse. With Trojan horse, yeah. Some things could look very presentable initially. It was supposed to be a gift. And it was supposed to be it, it was apparently it's not a real thing actually. Oh uh, whatever. Straight, but the but the idea of it. The story's like, cool. They're like they'll let him in. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Guess what happened? It attacked him. Mm-hmm. It's the same exact thing bro it masks itself as something good and destroys everything from within Hills from inside out that's yes. crazy i never really pictured it like that or really even thought about that mm-hmm. description of it it's this so, was something presented that's what i suggest for a lot of people is like when you're protecting your heart you're analyzing things around you mm. so inherently i mean that's the idea of sin too as well i mean what is sin it is something it's something that separates you and your relationship from god yep that's the reason why most people have some people have a lot of issues with alcohol. Some people have with other things. Mm-hmm. This is one of those things inherently in almost every single kind of destructive relationship. Somehow, I know people that are in open relationships now because they don't they can't stand the idea of sleeping with their partner. That's or want another partner. It's like that's that, that loses the whole idea of what sex is. No, like that 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 loses the whole idea of what your relationship is. Why are you together if you're having this issue? And that's not condemnation. That's just being real. That's just me. Te- that's me telling you, like, why, why go through that for yourself? Mm-hmm. Whenever you have somebody that you don't have to have that relationship with, and you have a completely different type of relationship with that fully fulfills you, and that's a relationship with Jesus Christ. Sorry, <laughs> a relationship. You, 
<laughs> this might sound bad. This might some people would really not like me saying this. You cannot have sex with Jesus Christ. <laughs> Yo, so if you're confining you your relationship can. to just sex, you that can. is not a relationship. You cannot. If you only confide your relationship to sex, it is not a relationship. That is a crutch, my guy. That, exactly. That is a crutch. That is the reason why I left my first relationship. That is not the a relationship. was not a bad person. Great person. Great person. In fact, I, really, I was having a lot of issues at that time. Mm-hmm. But this was an issue between both of us. Because love had turned into lust. Mm-hmm. And lust had overtaken everything in our relationship. Love was masqueraded. I, I didn't mean, want to make that three hour drive to see you. I uh-huh. just wanted to sleep with you and I, then go back home. I had to get something off my chest. Yes. And you were. But it wasn't off my chest. It though, was not. I had to get something off my mind. Off it, my, dude, I had. Horrible. I was going. I, in my head, I was like, it was this fence I was trying to mm-hmm. dance around. And the words was not dance around the fence. So yeah. don't get me wrong, I'm not on this high horse either because yeah. I str- I still struggle today too. Mm-hmm. Like pornography is not something to trifle with no. and stuff too. In which, no. like, it has been a journey, but it has been a very rewarding one at that. It's the same idea though and stuff too as well. And of course, I'm single, mm-hmm. so like the thing is, I look at myself. It's like, well, if you're only basing your whole entire relationship off of how a person looks or this, what kind of relationship is that mm-hmm. if you're not seeing the person for who they are and everything around them why do it and this this is a safe space it's a safe space man i've been talking to a person and i'm not gonna name names too as well and this person and you know her too amazing mm-hmm. wonderful person mm-hmm. but i know realistically things will not work between us because how i am inside looking at her that way mm-hmm. and that's not good and that's another part of killing my desire because that is still part of my desire of course i want someone that's physically attractive but i have to remember that physical attraction wanes mm-hmm. and at one point that person's not going to be not going to look like the same person Mm-mm. they will no. still be the same person yeah but they're not going to look like that no and i have to lose that i i had to um, my hierarchy of love, or no, my hierarchy of attraction, that's what it is. My hierarchy of attraction had to be flipped upside down yep. um, when I left my, my last relationship right before me and Lisa got married. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a fact of my, the, my first level of attraction was physical. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, Strictly. I got, I got to see what you're looking like before. Mm-hmm. We could do anything else. I'm not finna waste my time. Mm-hmm. Not finna walk around with three. Mm-hmm. Can't. And that was the beautiful thing about this relationship with this person is mm-hmm. I didn't see that. And getting to see where her heart was was beautiful because I'm telling you, dude, this is I would say one of the sweetest, most beautiful people I've ever and ever met. And I know, like, and I'm not just saying just to butter butter her up if she ever listens. That's not what Butter I'm them biscuits. Go ahead. But and there were some other issues and stuff too as well, like just within life and stuff too as well, where she's at and where I'm at are two different areas. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard because I have this issue where I look at her this way and it's not right for me to do that. Mm-hmm. So someone who wants this relationship to settle down with, 
and the way we had handled things was the most fun I've ever had in a relationship. And the craziest part is we didn't even see each other. Hmm. We would talk to each other. We had the great conversations. I loved her family. I'm still friends with her family and everything cool as well. And we're still we're still great friends as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tried her heart though. Man, it was just I knew that's not what the Lord wanted me. And that was another part. It's like God, I want this so badly. But your will be done, not my not my own. Was it? And of course, we can talk about this more later mm-hmm. off the yes, of record. Course. But uh, actually, I'm gonna just save that question for later. Um, but you know, yeah. um, just here, man. Here, there was so much that you we just went through, and so much we just talked about. It's crazy because at the end, I always feel like we come full circle. Mm-hmm. It's like we start talking about protect your heart. We come back to protect your heart. We start mm-hmm. talking about desire, uh, come, yeah, back come back to desire. Does the sin cycle the 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 snowball? It's it's always you start with and then we come back to the race, running the race, mm-hmm. but you know having a different look at race, but still running the race. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I just want to clear up the fact of the race being life. All right, the yes. race not being black, white, Asian, whatever you might want to call it the race, right? NASCAR, yeah, no, none of that, right? We don't do the F1 stuff. So it's like the race is life. The spiritual life that we, yes, that we walk the spiritual life that we walk by. And that's when I say our race, because I'm talking about our end goal as Christians, as believers, is heaven, is the ultimate satisfaction of mm-hmm. our life that we've lived being satisfying or seen righteous by God by following his commandments, by following mm-hmm. Jesus' outline as he walks the earth. That's the race. That's the race that we we run, right? Mm-hmm. If other people run the rat race, which is their ultimate goal is success, whatever they may define that by, or the the life that they want to give their families, whatever artificial, um, fleeting, whatever, Oh, it was a it was a substantial playoff word that I was going to throw out there, but I can't remember. Whatever race that is that they're living is their race. But until they join our team, which is the Christ-led team, the the wholeheartedly taking up our cross, following Jesus, until they join our team, then we will run our race as they run theirs. You know, we we have open doors to our side. We have. Uh, people that actually go over to their race and and try to bring them to our side, you know, mm-hmm. that's just a Christian lifestyle. But at the same time, mm-hmm. we all run a race. Yep. But as Christians, our race we run may look different from each other, right? Yes, so it's it the fact looks, that it, every time it looks different. Every race, even in our team, looks every different, path is right? different. Every obstacle is different. Every terrain, mm-hmm. every weather, every season you run it in, everything is different. Everything right? is different, bro. The core common thing that's the same with all of them is they have the same end goal. Yes. They have, yeah. they don't have the same starting point. Oh, definitely. But definitely they have the same point. end goal, and that is the best part about it all. And as we watch, you know, those that are in the other race come run our race alongside us, you know, it's enjoyable. Because you know, that's what God wants. That's what Jesus sent, was sent here to save us all. So it's the fact that we welcome everyone from the other side over. Because we were once on the other side, yep. right? We were once dwelling on and dancing over there. And then it's just like, Jesus is like, nah, bro, over here with me. And then we're like, say less. And so we come over here, you know? Sometimes it's like, too, your race is slower. Mm-hmm. Sometimes where you have to walk. Or even sometimes we have to rest. Sometimes we're just sitting there. Sometimes you're just sitting there and stuff, too. Mm. And that's okay within reason, of course. But that's where other people can join your race and help you out and continue going. It's another source of motivation. I mean, 
again, I talk about it a lot, and I think it's I, – I always find it very ironic that, again, I love talking about the race too. Mm-hmm. And stuff too is, again, that Spartan race. Yeah. Because, I mean, even if y'all didn't even run with us, mm-hmm. y'all were still there. Yeah. And stuff too participating and motivating us. From the sideline. Y'all are still <laughs> being great support yep. and supporting us out there overall. We all got to the end. Mm-hmm. We, we all made it to the end. end. And we all sat there at the end point together. We celebrated at the end mm-hmm. together. And that is just, I think that's just one of those God-given things that we don't look at initially until you look at it from perspective. That was one of the most fun trips we ever Bro. had together. Bro. We went, and guess what we did afterwards? We went and got pizza, and we went and slept, and we went and rested by the pool. Everything was Bro. nice, and there Bro. was not a single care in the world. Bro, I'm, we're still trying to get another trip. We're still trying to get another yes. trip. Yes. Still trying to get one. We will. We will. Pray to God, God. we will. But we will. We will. Um, I'm trying to go for this summer. I don't know how they're feeling though, but that's just Christian. Yeah, I, know, exactly. I mean, the thing is, like, we'll figure something out. Well, it doesn't even have to be a race. It could be something different. Bro, we could just go somewhere. But we don't even have to. We just go. We get like. I always say. I always tell this. I always tell people. But Daytona's right there, yeah. right? It's not like super far away, but Daytona is right there. I'm it's just literally beachfront. Hold I, I okay. Look, I don't know how you feel about it and stuff too as well. Okay. Fishing trip. Fishing is also very fishing very possible. trip. Because a fishing trip itself is just fun. Is, you're trying to like day fish? You're trying to like, well, you're trying, trying to like a time away for that. Be, that be depends trip. on. I'll do any type of fishing trip. Because I'm telling you now and stuff too, I really want to go down to uh, Hawthorne. Because apparently Hawthorne is the place to be for freshwater fishing. Apparently. Apparently. I don't know how true that is. I have heard so many good things about people talking about going down to Hawthorne. And it's only like 45 minutes away. I just have no clue what that is. It's, it's a little past like Keystone, I believe. Okay. So it's not super far from where we are, but it's about maybe 45 minutes to an hour. But they have I mean, Lake yeah. Lapalooza out there. Okay. Fishing trip's fine. Thing. I'm completely fine with fishing trip. Yep. Um, I know I'm getting old because I like enjoy fishing a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I mean. I think everybody. I think it might just be like everybody thing. It could be everybody thing. Just you know? drink, like, yes. And I mean, hey. We want to talk spiritually yeah. and stuff too. I think that's a pretty good way of talking about fishing and stuff too. Fishing is a, a very used spiritual quote. Yeah. Time. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. You know, not pushers of fish. I make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just like the act of fishing is you know, just casting a rod, you know. And that's the one thing I, I love about our friend group as well is because every trip turns into something with that trip. Yeah. Like when we went yeah. to... We went down to uh, Fort Lauderdale for that Spartan race. Mm-hmm. Eli and Seth. On it. On it. And stuff too. Like the woman that was living there. And stuff too. Take care of the Airbnb we stayed in. And stuff. The sweetest woman ever. But there were some trials and some things that she was going yeah. through. Especially with those people that were staying in that same Airbnb with we us. Was, we was witnessing it. Later. We, we were. <laughs> we witnessed it. Dude, I'm telling you. Bro, and there she had said some of the craziest things to us about them. But it's just like being in a in a Godlet friend group and knowing that it's there because it's just like everywhere we go, he's there. Yes. And it's just like, okay, that person. And it's like, okay, let's go talk. And it's like that person, that yes. person, then that person. And then you're just out there doing ministry work on a vacation, you know? Mm-hmm. Just trying to chill, but you out there speaking the word and, and that's just the life we choose to live yeah, that's the fun part about that's fun too as well whenever like i did i admit i'm telling you now 
Mm-hmm. Before I came here, I went out to Publix and stuff. Um, I had to grab some groceries. I went home from work. And I'm going to tell you now, dude, one of these men, I've seen him so many different times, too. Coming in, coming to the gym and stuff, too, as well. Like, um, it was Robbie. And guy has went through Robbie. a lot of surgery, dude. I mean, I don't know how this man is walking currently. Ooh. He has a cane and everything, too. He's an older, older black guy and stuff. He's a really uh-huh. funny guy. Uh, man, the whole entire time, he's walking through the store. He's saying hi to every single person that walks by him. And so, and saying, God bless, God bless, God bless. And everybody, you know, like, after everybody looks at him and stuff, too, and, you know, like, you have those few people and stuff that look at him, they're like, okay, whatever. Yeah. And, I, you have those, those people and stuff, especially the cashiers and stuff, too, as well, that love it. Mm-hmm. And stuff, like, they were they were loving him, talking to him the whole entire time. And I, I saw probably three different times in the store and stuff, and he talked to me probably mm-hmm. four, four other times. Okay, every time. <laughs> but, like, and... Dude, it's so weird because he has almost like an obsession with me too. Because like, mm-hmm. I think it's because like I, we see each other a lot outside of the gym, because that's where I, met, I initially met him and stuff in my line of work. I'm, I'm a trainer. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think you mentioned that. Just I haven't. I haven't. Okay. But yeah, I work at a gym. I see this guy everywhere I go. It's because he like somehow and he's lost a tremendous amount of weight. So this is the time I haven't seen him in probably about maybe three months or so. Mm-hmm. He's lost a great amount of weight, and I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, that's the same guy. The only reason why I even knew this thing is the way he was talking. Didn't even recognize him. Didn't even recognize him and stuff too, physically. I knew it was him from how he was talking and what he was saying. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things and stuff too as well that like, I, I even think about it now is like, I want to be like that too. But I don't want to just see Clayton. Mm-hmm. I want to see Jesus. Jesus. I want to be a reflection of Jesus. Help me step out of the way. Yes, that's all I ask. I, I'm just a vessel, man. Kick me to the curb. Kick, kick um, me to the curb. More of you, less of me. When you put flowers in a vase, do you look at the vase or do you look at the flower? I'm just a vase. I'm literally just a vase. That that is my prayer when I go to bed at night. Is Lord make me a vessel. Mm-hmm. Help me move me out of the way, and just you shine through. Yep. Just make me the glass. You could be the flowers. Yep. But the honor that it is. To hold, hold the flowers? Uh, Get out of here. Keep your money. I don't want it. I got flowers in my face, man. I got flowers in my die. face. They don't die. They don't die. They multiply. They, they multiply. That was a good one. That was a really good one. That was really good. I know you didn't see my die. face, but man, my face they lit up as soon as you saw that. Put the hand back wide open. <laughs> that was, that's, that's the way I, we live our lives, man. And uh, it's just a complete and utter honor, and the the lifestyle that we get to live because of the God we choose to follow is so much joy. It's not happiness, joy. It's joy. Not happiness. Yeah, happiness is temporary. It, joy is everlasting. Fleeting versus permanent. Mm-hmm. And my joy wakes me up every morning. Yep. My joy keeps me going when I don't think there's nothing left. You want us a rainy day outside. It's still a day on this side of the dirt. You know what I'm saying? It's still another day that we can speak about Jesus. At least I get to feel the rain. Mm-hmm. At least I feel the rain, so we're good to go, bro. Man, I'm saying this Easter felt great with his cold. Bro, a cold Easter was something I don't think I've experienced in a I, while. I, I, truthfully, I don't even know if I've ever experienced it being a Florida boy. Yeah. I don't think I've ever experienced it in my life being a Florida boy. In South Carolina, there could have been chances, but I don't mm-hmm. ever remember mm-hmm. like a cold Easter, I don't and know. I felt great. Yes. An like, Easter you can put a jacket on? Mm-hmm. You can tell me I can add a little more flair to the so outfit. Like, you're telling me on my Easter where I'm dressed up nice uh-huh. and wearing my jacket. No sweat. No sweat. No sweat. 
You get to chill. No sweat, man. That was a that was a nice Easter. Exactly. Even though I didn't get like dressed up or nothing. Yeah. I just kinda like served. I, I served, bro. Mm-hmm. I'm I didn't go to the first service. I watched it online and then I served second service. Mm-hmm. You know, gave the kids my time. I was there with them um during their service and I like left. Lisa didn't go to church because she was um she was having her lady time. So uh, yeah. That's so nice. I had to I had a wife to come back home to. That's you know, nice. came back home, cooked some mashed potatoes mm-hmm. and steak. You know what I'm saying? And we just ate it and chilled. I'm saying now it's been a family ritual. Um, it's like I, I have three si- I have three siblings, two of my brothers. One of them, both my brother and my sister live here, and one of them lives uh, out of state. Mm-hmm. My brother Chris, who lives here, we don't really get. We, I I don't see this. Guy. I see this guy probably no joke less than I see my brother who lives out of state, and he lives here in Jacksonville. I don't know why. I okay. don't know why. All right, but it's a no. He's one of those. Like he, he just lives his own life. It's yeah, not, we it's have not those. necessarily inherently a bad thing. It's yeah. just he does his own thing. He works a lot. I understand it. Out of the way. And I'm I'm never at home either too. So every time he does come by and stuff, yeah, I'm never there either. But every time my mom does fried chicken and she does it every Easter. He's there. He is there. Yeah. Because my mom's fried chicken, I'm telling you, is heavenly. Because it like it's a family <laughs> recipe that we have had for generations. I'm just thinking it, of the dynamic of this conversation. Yeah, right now. I think it's I'm like I'm probably like a huge fried chicken person. Uh-huh. It's okay. Like I like I again for the lifestyle I live in such a, I don't eat it much. Uh-huh. Oh my lord. If I could eat my weight in it, I would. And I'm not a big again, I'm not a big fried chicken fan, but this is amazing. What are you talking about? Like is it the seasoning? Is it the crispiness of the chicken? Is it like all, the marinade of the chicken? All the above. Chicken thigh. Is it like Popeyes? Is it is it and like Zaxby's level, what we talking like, dude? If you give me this or literally like anything else, I'm still popping. Shit. What's like the best chicken you you ever experienced outside of like, like let's say dine in slash fast food, best chicken experience? Shoot, that's a hard one. I think my overall favorite because it, you can do a lot of good alternatives with it and stuff too as well. I love I love chicken breast first of all. Uh yeah. Uh, my mom, she has this recipe for a mock. It's a mock recipe for um. House Springs chicken, but it's a healthier alternative from um from Outback. Outback it is one of my favorite things she's okay. ever made, and okay. it, it's still to this day. If it is there at that house, I am there. Okay. I I wanted I was trying to gauge the level at which you held this chicken's regard. That's what oh, I was in terms of fried chicken, no, fried chicken is far above that still. Okay, it's still far above that, but that is. Outside of what, outside of that stuff too, those two are my favorite, my two favorite things my mom has, I think, ever made in my life. So if you were to take your mom's chicken and then you had to put it up against the best competitor that you knew outside of your mom's house, what competitor would you put it against? It has to be the best competitor. The funny part of using stuff too, like, I've watched a lot of videos of people frying chicken. I think okay. I see Snoop Dogg's recipe. Is like one of the best. Around. I, don't know, I don't know how true that is. I don't know how true that is. That man probably puts this in his flour. I don't know. I don't know how true that is either, man. I but think I've heard. I mean, no, I've like heard it's better like Gordon Ramsay style. Like, but yeah, because Gordon does crazy. a lollipop thing, though. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a consistent. I'm not. I'm a texture person as well. Yeah. So if I bite into a chicken and and it don't feel right, then I'm not going to rate it that high, right? That's my thing with steak. Yes. I don't really like steak because I don't like these, feel these thighs my mom gets. I like I've had a lot of thighs in my life. Mm-hmm. But there's so much meat on these, like where it's not like you're biting the cartilage and all the other things and stuff. Just on the bone. chewing everlasting. It's, yes, like it's mm-hmm. every 
Every piece of the bone is crazy. Every every piece of the meat on the bone is crazy. It's not just the fry. It's the chicken inside, too, as well. Okay. Because what she would do is, she, I think growing up, what she would do, she doesn't quite do it quite as often anymore. Or correction, sorry. She used to do it. She does it a lot more now than she used to. Mm-hmm. Um, she marinates it first, and then yeah. she'll fry it the next day. That she'll sit it in, in like a, a mixture and stuff, too, and marinate it and stuff, too, as well. Maybe it's like a lot of chicken. It's probably... Pounds, pounds, wow, wow! Because there's a lot of us, and we all eat it over the next few days and stuff too. As well, okay. Easter, you have leftovers and stuff too. Well. That's a bill. But I'm telling you, pounds of chicken, pounds of chicken. It is still my favorite to this day, and I, nothing has beat it so far to this day for me. Me to. personally, I'm not saying there isn't anything out there. Don't get no, me wrong. no, 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 definitely, definitely, definitely. But for me right? personally, it is one of those things and stuff. Like there's, in, there's a lot that goes into like, um categorizing things yes and a lot of times it's not only the food or the taste mm-hmm. of it that gets you it's like the setting or the yep. way that you remember things i don't think know. no dude paula dean i don't remember the paula dean restaurant have i been no no not before she um yeah, so, we're not gonna talk about so, that part we won't talk about that part i haven't but, been there yeah i <laughs> <laughs> hey my mom used to like shorty my so, mom used to be paula dean fan funny that, that i say that now and stuff too because the recipe she based her fried chicken off of was was Pauline's old it was recipe. Was a Pauline recipe? But uh, Pauline has two restaurants. She has one in uh, or- near Orange Beach, Alabama, and the one's in Georgia. And then we have one in Georgia, the Savannah, Georgia. Um, <gasps> telling you, if you get a chance to go, it is a little pricey, and it's like family buffet style dinner. Mm-hmm. So like you and Lisa will go and stuff too. Y'all basically one big meal for both of y'all. Mm-hmm. Worth it. Every penny worth it. I know. Dude, that's also up there too, personally. I think Paula Dean might lost her cook hood credibility. Uh, she yeah, she lost that. She lost her credibility. She said the word. Let's be fair here. She's not welcome in the hood no more. Yeah, she ain't nah, in the hood no more. I, um, I'm not denying her her ability to cook or not. I know my mom used to be a fan, and she had a restaurant in Savannah. And um, but I just I just started going to Savannah. You know, I like my first trip was not too long ago. Yeah, I'm so. saying I love Savannah, I, but it smells so. Bro, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I didn't smell anything. Wrong. Okay, where, where were you walking at? Were you walking downtown? Down? Okay, you're walking down the downtown area. Yeah. Did you walk by the? Uh, we we you walked by the boardwalk and stuff to the yeah, river. Where the river is? Yeah, dude. We I'm stayed on that side. When did you? When did y'all go? We went, uh, first week, second week in November last year. Okay, so that may be that may be the it was colder. Because, okay, yeah, we went during the summer. I don't know. Everything when it's hot and smells I'm, bad. Dude, I mean, every alleyway smelled like someone had just took a big fat load. They probably did. Down the back of the alleyway. There's a lot of homeless people out Supposedly there. Supposedly, there's a lot of homeless I didn't. Well, our last day we saw a good yeah. couple of them. But the first but two was fine. I'm telling you, bro. It was wretched. And like, yeah. it's not like old city. Like, you know, you smell like uh, the mold and stuff too. Some of, mm-hmm. the, some of the places and stuff. Like, no, not like that. It was, it was just foul smelling. Uh, it smelled like ammonia. But you know that it does pee. Yeah. And it smelled like doo doo feces. Dude, <laughs> feces stood up and down the street. And it's just somebody's just having a field day. Like Dude, I'm telling you, every alleyway over there. The thing is, I love this is like another thing I didn't talk about with a lot of people. I love architecture. Architecture is like one okay. of my favorite things. So like I see things and stuff too. Like I love, love going out of places like that that are older too. But like being out there, it's always a fever dream. It's nice to see everything mm-hmm. like this. And like it's still here. And it's still being used, and these buildings are still being used. That is the worst part about it. But it smells so bad over there. Very I love Savannah because it has, like you said, that olden feel with the architecture, mm-hmm. and it just like um, it just it just gives the 
it just oozes love in my opinion. You yes. know? But um I also like art and then you know that school is there. Yeah. So is it Sark? Yeah. Sark? something like that. I know it's like school of art. That's all I know. Yeah. So um that school is there. So they have like a lot of like, you know, um displays and exhibits going on every now and then at the theater that's there. So like I love doing that and being there and seeing that. But um, as far as surviving goes, man, it just seems like love. It's just it's just one of those old town romantic, a bunch yes. of bars, just a lot of old people, you know, just, just doing yeah, their thing. A lot of restaurants. Just don't go. Don't probably not go to Savannah. It's not much. It's <laughs> not much of anything good there for you. Everything's like pasta and rice and. Oh no, dude! If there's anything even remotely like if there's no form of healthy eating there. No, absolutely not, bro. Dessert spots out the wazoo, bro. Oh Everywhere. yeah, dude. I, and they're some of the best around. Don't get me wrong, bro. Love they it. are uh, fantastic. We first night we went to an Italian spot that was great, and right next to it was a dessert spot yep. that took our money. Yep, we was eating like this this one pie that was like uh, I can't even. It was like caramel mm. and pecan and and praline with whipped cream on top and the caramel drizzle, and I was like, this is od. This is a glass of water doesn't even wash away the sugar that I just ate. And I'm telling you too, because the thing is, like, uh, the Polydine restaurant, the way it works is, uh, you everyone gets the dessert at the end of it. Oh no! So like, you can either get it to go or you know, like, eat it there in the restaurant. They put butter cake there. Oh, have you ever had a butter cake before? Butter cake. It sounds really bad initially. Hold on, I'm gonna tell you now. I I'll think be- it's one of those interchangeable names. Hold on, I gotta make sure though. I don't want to sound stupid. No, you're good. One of the best. The first time we had it, and such, I think she may have changed the recipe or like what they do now. They used to make it fresh, uh-huh. and dude, I'm telling you, fantastic, awesome. Like it, it, it had, and it was just big enough to satisfy you and not feel overly full. It's 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 a whole cake. No, so like they give us like pieces of the cake. So they okay. used to make it fresh, or at least that's the first time we went and such. It was fresh, but. The last few times we had went and stuff too is like uh it it wasn't quite as as fresh but oh my lord one I was my favorites I was making sure butter cake and pound cake weren't the same thing no they're they're a little bit different so like yeah. hers is different from a pound cake okay the way she does it and stuff is a little bit different I don't or like the way they do it over there is different I don't know how they I just didn't want to make sure I sound like an idiot when I said that but yeah, like, oh, you saw it as a cake my mom's done it he's amazing butter Fantastic. cake butter cake is it as much sugar in it oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. You're joking. Okay, look. If you see anything with cake on it. Of course. I'm just saying. The only thing that's not that way is rice cakes. Rice <laughs> cakes, yeah. True, true, true. true. The, I think that is like. Oh, rice cakes and rice cakes are probably the only ones that, that, that are not stacking. Get them quicker rice cakes. They got sugar. <laughs> oh, they got some sugar in it. Don't get wrong. Caramel ones got them. Dump them sugar on them. Yeah, They're good, though. I'm a big fan of They're chocolate good. ones, too. And right, rice cakes and stuff. That's a whole other thing in itself and stuff, too. Those are, those are great tools and stuff, too, for people. Oh, yeah. Like I love rice cakes before, like a workout or after workout. But I might mess around and eat like a whole pack. And That's the lie. issue, though. Is you have to have you have to have portion control. Yeah, the way they, they they're like pop tarts. You like a serving size is one, but a whole entire bag has like six Bro. or seven of them in there. So you get the whole bag, and then the bag is sectioned into two, two smaller bags. Yes. And then you just take that one bag, and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I could just get a couple out of here. And then next, you know, the couple is the whole bag, and you're like, oh wait, I only have this one half left now. And you're just like. Well, what's happening tomorrow mm-hmm. when I need the rice cakes again? And then you'd go pop the other bag. So it's like, it's not really sufficient for me because my portion control is something that I'm always working on, you know? This is something, okay, I'm going to just completely change the subject. And this kind of goes, <laughs> right, right, right. goes back to like uh, our spiritual talk a little bit. Uh-huh. Do you realize that Jesus was born in the hood? Yeah, Jesus was born in the hood. Don't forget that. 
You know, I was going to say that song, okay, bro. I was thinking about, like, okay, look, I've been listening to, okay, look. I like Lecrae. I like Lecrae. We both like I am, Lecrae here. I am unshameful of it. A we lot of Lecrae people fans. Yes, but I've been hearing this song by Holby uh, with Tori Deshawn. I don't know if you know who they are or not. So it's called, crack, it's called crack the Tomb. Yeah, that's what I just... That's okay. the phrase that I just... Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> and so he said it, I was like, there's no way we both look great fans. And then he says that and he doesn't want me to sing this part of okay, the song. I'm just <laughs> making sure. Yeah. Because I love, uh, I love Tori too. Because yeah. like, Tori sounds a lot like uh, Vince Staples. I like, I, I never I made that I like Vince Staples. Okay. But Vince Staples music is really over the top. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. A, it's a little like, and it's, and it's not the best for a Christian walk. No, enough. it's not. Um, if you listen to them, I'm not. They have very similar sounding vocals. Uh-huh. And I love, 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 love. Uh, Price Up by Lecrae with Tori on it. Price Up. Yeah, I don't think I heard that one. If you, dude, if you get a chance to, it's on church. It's on the uh, the new church clothes. Okay, is we... it is this church clothes or the, the deluxe? It's one? church clothes four. It's the deluxe okay. one, okay. or the dry yeah, clean, yeah. or whatever. Dry clean, yeah. yeah. I didn't. I don't think I heard that one because I think it stops at like. I think the original album it only stops at like deconstruction or something. Because I started, I started when I first got back into like you know listening to Christian music. I think the first Christian rapper I heard was Hovey. So I like yeah. I heard most of his stuff. Yeah, I'm just not getting into Christian rap. Christian rappers. Let me put it like this. When I first got back into Christian rap, it was December or November of last year. Yeah. I was staying far away from my then. I everything Christian I was listening to was worship music and then I'll yeah. go back to rap if I want to listen to rap. Um I think what kind of got me my gateway initially stuff too is uh, I love rock. Yeah. I love rock. And great. luckily enough, rock can be a kind of a, a, a very vague genre for a lot of people. So like all of it isn't there's parts of it stuff too that are very like, ooh, okay, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. Like, I, I do feel conviction in a lot of stuff mm-hmm. like that with music because music is one of the ways that the enemy can work best for us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had started learning. I, uh, my buddy uh, Zeke, he ended up getting me on this. Uh, he, oh, crap, what's his name? I just completely forgot, man. I said a brain fart. Mm-hmm. Um, he done uh Christian rock or rap? Uh, rap. Okay. Yeah, I was listening to a lot of Christian rap, and he a lot of Christian rock at the time and stuff too. And he was like, "Hey, I got. I know you're not like big into rap and stuff too, but like I have this one. I'm like, okay, I'll listen to it." And um, it's Harris Shariz, I think. Shariz. Okay, no clue. I don't know how to. I don't know how to pronounce it. No clue. And stuff too. Uh, 2045. Nope. Is the name of the album. Okay. Oh my God. I definitely seen that artwork before. I think um. You probably seen it from Z. N- uh, what's his uh Austin? Austin yeah, Ooh, showed me at one time. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I never actually listened to it. But like, heart. Some of it, yes. Some you heard it, enough. Yes. You ever heard enough? I haven't heard his new album yet. His new album just came out. I just years. figured. Like, I just heard who he was. Literally last he Wednesday. He's the Christian rapper. So apparently, even though he hates being called that, but like he is the Christian rapper. And his Spotify is like sixteen mil monthly listeners. I have, and that this is the thing and stuff too as well. That like I, this is the thing I like about NF because he has a platform mm-hmm. that's so big that even non Christians listen to him. And Huge, him. bro. And like that's the same with like Lecrae and stuff too back in his. His prime. peak and prime. Well, and was, no, don't get me wrong. He's still. I might say he's still up there. But whenever he was. I mean, like, with the Maroon 5 above, like, back in, like, 2015, mm-hmm. when he was above. Like, know, number like, one type joint selling yes, artist. Yeah. He had that platform, and he used it. Yeah. And that's something that's, like, oh, my God, that's tremendous. Because especially in the music scene. That's, you, it that's, is, it, let's, let's be fair here. It is. Music is a secular-based, it's it a secular-dominated industry. Yes. Yeah. And it is something 
that hurts so many people's minds. Yep. Because, dude, I have music that I love listening to. Now. I love me some heavy metal. I oh, love yeah. me some heavy metal when I'm working out. But, dude, if it is way too much for me, I'm like, no, I can't do this. Because, again, and it's not the idea that, like, everybody is that way. Mm-hmm. But that is something I do feel heavy conviction in. Because it can change my tendencies and stuff, too, and how I'm speaking. It's up to you. Do you hear the F word a few many times? It's up to you as well. Sorry, you I'm done. You start yeah, to, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and the thing is that, like, you'll start to notice this stuff too. Sometimes for some people, it can, and it was at one point. It's up to you. I was like, I was saying it and mm-hmm. having this conviction of, like, why am I feeling this way? It's like, yeah, the music you're listening to, going, yeah, like, I mean, protect your heart, protect what you your see, heart, what you hear, yeah. what you say. And then I think those are the first, those are the three things that he told me. Mm-hmm. It's you like what you see, your mind what too. you hear, what you, you say. You have to bro. protect your mind because guess what? At least your heart. Your mind is stuff too, as well. Is a thing that that can overtake a lot of actions that we have and stuff too in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it can not necessarily overtake our spirit, but it can manipulate our spirit. Mm-hmm. Too. And same thing with our heart is it can manipulate. It can manipulate us and stuff too. So that means in which we hear something can be the way. It can be a way that we think about something else. Yeah. Whether it be to deceive us or whether it be to encourage us. It it, it all messes with it, though. And that goes back to your heart, like you said. Got to. Mm-hmm. But, Clayton, I thank you for your time. I just mm-hmm. don't know how long we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And we both know that we could do this for a while. Oh, yeah, we could sit here. Um, we're, we're definitely not done with the conversation. But just as far as, you know, um, keeping it here for the podcast, you know, we want to want to give the the bulk of what we have to say and uh and really just like keep it keep it centered on you know our walk and who we are yes but you know as we try to do it with retention and and the, the fact of like okay we're going to give the people our hearts for things and we're just going to go um i appreciate you for your time mm-hmm. and and your and your efforts and i appreciate what you're doing and I, I love to see you and your walk with christ and and how you begin to maneuver these situations with the principles that you know um and I look forward to, like, again, completely from the sidelines watching and being a hand where I could be a hand. But hand. if you were to give the people your last thought, your last heart for them, what would you tell them? I say enjoy the fruits of life. One of my favorite books is in the, is Ecclesiastes. And I think one thing we don't talk about is the fruits of our labor a lot, too, as well. Mm-hmm. So enjoy the fruits of your labor and enjoy the fruits of the Spirit. Mm. Well. Take that and do it what you will. Mm-hmm. But once again, Clayton, thank you for coming. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for your time here at the safe space. I hope that you got something out of what was said here today. Um, if not, Father God, I just hope that you be with everyone who's listening. You help them protect their hearts, protect their minds, mm-hmm. protect their souls, God. If they may not know you, Father, I ask that you, you draw closer to create a relationship with them. I just ask you to help us cultivate uh, a platform or a place where where you can shine through us, Father, not us, but we get out of the way and let your light shine through. We just ask that you continue to be at the center of our hearts and through you being at the center of our hearts, God, our desires and our wants will be of you, Father, and that we may help bring heaven to earth, Father, for your name's sake. We just ask that whoever's listening, wherever you're listening, hope that you continue to have a good day, a good night, a good morning, wherever you're at, whatever time it is. We just pray that We've helped in some sort of way. We've given or shed a light in something. And um, we pray that you continue your walk with God or you start your walk with God. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Jesus, for being who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Clayton, thank you again.
This has been a safe place. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thank you all for joining us. And until next time, see you.